Happy Friday, friends. It is time for the Friday conversation. We have some awesome people here today. So we'll go around the room and each of you can introduce yourselves. <laughs> Scott, you want to kick us off and tell us about you and your channel? Sure. Uh, I'm Scott. I'm the bald booktuber. I uh, live here in Phoenix. Been here for a while. Uh, mostly talk about fantasy books on my channel um, and a lot of self-deprecating humor and sarcasm. That's what you can expect. <laughs> That's what we do over in my neck of the woods. And we are getting an echo from somewhere, but I'm not sure where that's coming from. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Bryce, you want to tell us about you and your channel? Hey, yeah, we'll see if the echoes on me. Um, so, uh, yeah, Bryce, shelf-centered. I just fantasy, sci-fi, a lot of uh, – I do, and I think probably helped a lot from Steve. I, I upped my uh, independent self-published game in that regard too so just a lot of you know all over the place but mostly sci-fi fantasy and goofy giggles and humor and silliness i enjoy hmm. i'm not sure that echo's coming from uh just give me a second i was on uh, mute so i don't think it's from me right so i'm pretty sure uh, does, it, does, it change, does it change? Does it change? I'm not sure where it's coming from. <laughs> That's really weird. I think we've all muted ourselves and we're not sure where it's coming from. <laughs> right. Really weird. Let's just, we'll just turn this into reading sprints. So. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly we came that. Weird. So, uh, Epic, you want to tell us about you and your channel? So, name's Epic from Epic Tales. Check out my channel if you're into anything epic. Um, it's all about stories. Like, uh, it doesn't matter what medium it's told. Like, mostly focused on books because that's where my interests lie prim primarily. But also about writing, TV shows, anime, manga. And, uh, yeah, like, if you want to check out cool stuff, check out Epic Tales. And yeah, Bob Bookkeeper's channel, I recently just discovered it. I freaking love it. I was laughing a lot of the time and I was like, got some really good recommendations as well. So oh, thank you. Check him out. Appreciate it. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll go last. So <laughs> uh, if. You guys watch Friday Conversations often. You've probably seen me around. I'm Taylor from Maybe Between the Pages. Uh, that's my, my booktube channel name. You'll find it below. Um, just kind of like the rest of these guys said, like a fantasy and sci-fi. That's my main my main shtick. But I do read other genres. Um, and I'm just here to have a good time, talk about books. And uh, you are also one of the hosts of Page Chewing. That's true. I need to add that to my introduction. Yes. yes. Uh, Steve was kind enough to bring me on board officially uh, for page doing. I popped in and out for a while there, and um, now I have a an official host position. So you can check out. Uh, so far, there's only one episode on my channel, but you're you're welcome to to check it out. It was a wonderful interview. Um, oh, and I'm also part of uh, Before We Go blog. I am a part of that team. Um, and I am also an SPFBO judge this year. Yeah. Call out the accolades, man. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll think about it. <laughs> is anyone else hearing an echo or is it just me? I don't. I'm not getting one. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm not getting the echo. Talk amount yourselves, and I'll try and figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me a second. Well, since so we're all today, readers, why don't we start? Oh, go ahead, Epic. You take it. Take it. No, today, like it's Canada Day, so that's why I'm in the all in the apparel, and uh, yeah, it's all fun outside. It's just like such a such a vibrant day and everything. So yeah, like uh, just bringing part of that uh, energy to this live stream. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's such an exciting day on my end. <laughs> oh, I'm man. glad to hear well, that. Well, and that's, what do you, um, Epic, what, like, I've been dying, you know, I feel like we've been friends for a while, but this is like a real first time actually talking with actually a lot of you, like, in real time, I guess. Um, I just, so this is cool for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, all the people I watch all the time, <laughs> I'm, I'm in awe. Um, but, uh, anyway, what, what are you like, what's your go-to recommendation? Like, if you're just like, I want to get into reading, like, what do you like to do? I want to get into reading. Yeah. If somebody's um, like, I want to, I want to get into reading. What, what do you go? Okay. What's going to get them into reading? So, um, that's a very interesting question. Um, I would not necessarily recommend the books that got me into reading, but I would say something, something light, something character-based, something that isn't too heavy on prose. Um, wow, that's a good question. I would say Sorry, I maybe... You with it. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, 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 that's a, it's a great question. I like questions that make me think. I'll probably go with uh, maybe The First Law. Like The First, first Law. I feel like that's very kind, not, not elementary, but that's very... Um, intro, introductory into um, the the type of the type the my grim dark and dark fantasy, which is what I primarily focus on. So I'll see the, the first law is a good start. It's character based. It isn't too heavy on on prose, and it's it's uh, yeah, very interesting as well. I hear your argument for that book, but you're going to start him with a torturer. <laughs> <laughs> you're really throwing him in there, Epic. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you see, that's the best way to get into anything. You just like throw them right in, right in, you know. <laughs> Jump into the deep end. <laughs> that's not deep end. That's not deep end at all. Like I feel like there's so many, so many like uh, like compared to some books I read, like the first law is unicorns and puppies and kittens, you know. <laughs> so I'm just saying, <laughs> what would be your what would be your go to book? Me. Right, who, yeah. Me. Everyone, um, everyone. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I can never give simple answers, so I'd probably ask them what other media they like, you know, what they're into otherwise. If they're into darker stuff, then I could see First Law working. Um, but if they're, you know, if they watch like K-dramas or, you know, like what, what they're into now really would affect what I would recommend. If it's someone just kind of coming from general culture, wanting to get into reading, I probably wouldn't recommend them a fantasy, actually, which is kind of blasphemous to say, as that's my wheelhouse. But looking at my shelves here, I would probably go with this one. How Do You Live? Like in Tsuburo Yoshino, it's a, it's a, um, a translated work, but it's uh -huh. short and it's very accessible. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it, it does a lot of mm, 
philosophizing, but in a very like approachable way. And it's uh, the inspiration for the newest Ghibli movie as well. So they could then watch media inspired by this. It hasn't come out yet, but yeah, it will soon. So I think I would go with this one, probably. I had to recommend one to a general nice. person. Mm. That's a good one. I that's speaking of Ghibli, I would I mean Howl's Moving Castle is always a good one. Um Diana Wynne Jones is just so classic. Is that what you're pointing to? Oh yes. So yes, that's what I I'm have like. the, I, the Folio Society edition. I, I am oh, obsessed man. with that book. Oh yeah. So that's what I'm like. I, I watched the movie first, then found out it was a book, read the book and it was like, oh my gosh, it's just as magical and beautiful in every, in so many ways. But I do I do have that kind of approach. I have a couple like Howl's Moving Castle, if that's kind of your way. Um, Ready Player One, if you like, you know, if you're into this like 80s recapture kind of thing we're doing. You have to be like, you have to like really like the 80s though, right? Um, someone in the chat mentioned one and I was, I'm kind of stealing this. Um, uh, who is it? Bailey, yeah. Uh, the Warded Man is also a good one. So anyway. Warded Man's good. Hmm. Uh, if I was going to do a fantasy wreck, the one I typically do is Lies of Locke Lamora, which I think Bryce likes, which is good. Um, for a non-fantasy wreck, I like uh, A Man Called Ove uh, or other friend of oh, um, just kind of wholesome and um, it doesn't really matter if you've read a lot or anything, you just, you can connect really quickly with those characters. So those would be my wrecks for someone just getting into reading. You nailed the, that one with the man called Uwe. That's a great one. So good. That was so good. One of my favorite yeah. reads of the year. I love it. You're like, I you're, ugly cried on my bicycle. In my eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was on my way home and I was, you know, thankfully people just heard like a, the ghost of a tear on my way home, but I was ugly crying <laughs> listening oh, to the yeah. <laughs> So I want to, I want to officially change my answer because I had some, <laughs> okay. I, I, I looked at everything like in the comments, what like great recommendations from everyone else. And I feel like I have a better answer and uh, a, a good book to start with would be The Traveler's Gate by Will White. Now, Will White, a lot of people know him very much for his Cradle series, um, but uh, the initial, his, the, I think his debut novel, The Traveler's Gate, is so much fun to read. The magic system is very interesting. It's very fast-paced. It's action, action, action. And it's, it's, the, the plot of it is very well, like, it's, it's not complex as, oh my god please house of please that's the first book if you like dying oh you love it right it's Don't so good yes yes and you, and one of the one of the one of one of my biggest flexes right like uh well, white is actually quite popular now it's getting quite popular now but when the when i read traveler's gate he was like say the book came out like maybe last week I bought it this week and I, I read it like on one go and I was like, this guy is amazing. And, and I've been screaming about him for such a long time. So I'm so glad he's now successful. He's also an indie author as well, a successful <laughs> one. So yeah, like Traveler's Gate, that would be a very a, good book to study. It's kind of got a Brandon Sanderson feel to it. Like I like, yes. like the magic is like very well defined in his head clearly, right? And then, mm -hmm. so you know exactly what to expect from it and the, the like, lengths that it can go that you can go with it yeah I, i'm totally this was like right down my alley all right yeah, steve you've had the longest <laughs> <laughs> okay 
So the question, I'm sorry, I was getting my audio, and I had a tab open. That's what my problem. Ah, uh, that would do it. R- r- rookie mistake. My wife th- from the other room <laughs> was like, "Do you have it open?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." At least you didn't get kicked off your channel in the, the, during the interview that you did. So. Well, you could blame it on whiskey. I can't blame it on whiskey. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. It was a whiskey I chat. A, I have a fallback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to recommend for a book to recommend to someone who wants to get into reading, uh, I would probably recommend something like Jurassic Park or uh, Cri- something Crichton related, I think, is um, something that they can relate to a movie at least or try to have an idea in their mind of what they're getting into and then but it it depends on what their what their interests are if they're into um like tarantino type of movies i would probably recommend the blade itself or um if they're into sci-fi you know something Crichton or even uh like the expanse something like that so mm-hmm. i think it, it, it's it's hard to to get a feel for what people are into until you kind of get uh know their interests because you don't want to recommend something that they just aren't just don't enjoy for whatever reason so that's a that's a sure. good question though and uh, speaking of questions, uh, our friend uh, Talga Reeds has a question for Taylor. How are you liking speaking bones? Is that even a question? I'm adoring it. I'm about <laughs> 10% in. Um, I have a, a big exam this weekend, so I haven't been able to like read, really focus on it. So I've just been listening in between a couple things. Uh, so I'm only 10% in, but I don't know if anyone else here has read the Dandelion Dynasty, but... Uh, the quality of the writing is the same as all of the others. Uh, it sucked me in already. It's fantastic. And honestly, I'm terrified because already in the first 10%, my feels have been hit. So um, Ken Liu does not have, have mercy on his readers. So we'll, we'll see what the book ends up being. But uh, I, I don't want to talk about any specifics because it's like fourth book. So at this point, anything I say will be a spoiler. But it's worth your time. <laughs> I'll put it there. I'll leave it there. Yeah. There was there was there was there was a book that Steve recently recommended on his uh, channel. I forget the name. It's a uh, it's a book. Um, I just I'm just thinking of the cover right now. Uh, it, it has like a an perfect like a skull kind of. Uh, and you were telling you spoke about the pros, and you were like, it's really really uh, it gets really oh. good towards the end. Um. Seraphina's Lament. Is that what you're? I'm loving that book, Steve. I'm loving that book so much. So I'm having a little bit of this while we while we chat, just (laughs) putting it out there. Whenever, whenever you, I'm sure all of you can relate to this, but whenever you recommend a book that you really like and you recommend it, and someone's like, "I read that book that you said you liked," and you're like, "You have that moment of, I hope you liked it." (laughs) (laughs) I'm really. Yeah, I, I know that feeling well. It's like, well, I was so confident when I told you to read it, but now I'm not. I'm not so yeah. sure. <laughs> like, I, I find a lot of the times, especially with like Steve, Steve's uh, recommendations, like we have very similar taste. So I, I know what, if Steve says he likes something, then it just like goes an extra notch on my TBR. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's it's I'm thankful, but I'm also nervous because the day will come when you're like, I read that book and I it really sucked. It's like I'm gonna feel terrible. <laughs> well, you see, that would make me like really interested to have a discussion with you about why you liked it. So mm. either way, it's a win-win, you know. Nice, yeah, that's a good good way to spin a negative into a positive. 
I know the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> speaking speaking of tall guy reads, uh, I just saw he's like seven subs away from a thousand. Yeah, Alex. Oh, wow. He's doing. Just look at look at look at Andrew. Andrew is is uh, is is oh, Canada Day. Andrew is 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 spamming the chat with uh, Team Narwhal. Andrew, you know you're and my I boy. Am, and I love you. But uh, I'm ignoring it. I refuse. To, Dark Knights all day. We're every going day. to crush you guys. We're going to crush you guys. I already have like <laughs> the books listed. You know, I'm going to go on a reading. You know. So, yeah, a reading binge, yeah. Yeah. So, Scott and Bryce, are you? did you join the India Corps, and why did you join the Dark Knights? <laughs> Proper question. I, I did not. I, <laughs> I'm moving now suddenly. I had too much. I, I, I overcommitted myself as usual, and, and now I'm doing one more thing. So mm. I am not. Uh, haven't yet. But go team Dark Knights. <laughs> I'll, I'll check into it later. I haven't yet. Cool. Yeah, the, the trap door was ready for someone who said I'm in Team Narwhal, so you, you're both okay. <laughs> you're safe. You're safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was part of the India Accords uh, the last round as well, and the level of smack talk this year is ramped up. You know, there's, there's yeah, words so being thrown. You haven't even we haven't we haven't started yet because I haven't started releasing videos yet. Like, just trust me. This month you're gonna see a lot of uh, smart talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I finally put my um, uh, TPR together yesterday, and I made the graphic board, so I still have to put out my uh, my video with the TPR. Mm -hmm. But I am so hyped for all of the books. See. I think I might double up on the prompts, you know, because wow. there's so many, if I can, because there's so many I want to read. So oh. I got, I got, I got this. And then I also got the audiobook because I want to immersively read it. I want to really dig into this. This, mm. I've been, everyone I've on Twitter that has, um, that has uh, talked about the book is loving it so much. So I really want to get my hands on this. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. I grabbed it on audio, so that's what I'm like. I, it, it'll happen in the next couple of months. I I agree with you, yeah. Epic. It's my uh, it's my projected five star book. Really excited to hear your feedback. Yeah, I read it last month. But Steve, yeah. you read it last month too, right? I'm listening to the audiobook. I'm I have about an hour left, so I'm almost mm -hmm. done. Yeah, great audiobook. I it I don't they usually don't keep my attention, but that one did. So it was really, really good. Uh, and to Bailey Books and Sports comment, Warded Man, an easy read for a first-time fantasy. That's by uh, Peter Brett. So yep. have, have any of you read that? Yeah. Yeah. I totally stole that one. <laughs> I read that one, and then I read the second one, and then I dropped off. And the series got weird for me after the third book, about halfway through. But I really like that first book. The Warded Man is good. I, I hear everybody's, you know, I, I get it. I loved them all, though. I enjoyed the whole series. I really, really enjoyed that. Yes. And <laughs> for, if, amazingly enough, I do not recommend Garden of the Moon for a first time reading. It's like, you got you to gotta do a little bit. You got to get some under your belt before that. 
I love Guards of the Moon. It's so weird and wonderful, but yeah, it's going to be rough on first timers, I think. All right. If you want to punish somebody, you can give them that. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's See, a I have, I, I just got every time. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying, I, I just got the Legend of Blackjack. I'm excited to read that one. Anyway, I'll shut up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, don't no, talk like uh, I have a bad habit of uh, just going on and on. So, like, uh, feel free to interrupt me at any point. Um, I, uh, the uh, Gardens of the Moon, I don't know why. I just, I always read it to 80%. And then the last 20% in my head, I'm going to be, I'm just going to finish this later. And then I just do everything else. And then I'm like, I have to start again because I need, to, I want like to finish it in, in one flow. That's that's where it gets good. That's the best part. The convergence happens. Oh man, yeah. yeah. I let, yeah. Have you guys read uh, George R. R. Martin's Sand Kings? That's one of the best sci-fi short stories. Horror. So George, good. Yeah, but I haven't read that one. Highly recommended. I've actually never read any Martin, so it was it was high priority, and then the show happened, and then. <laughs> the priority just disappeared, honestly. There's so many other things I want to read that I'm like, I mean, I know the books are probably way better. I know that, I accept that. Um, but I'm not gonna lie if I say it's high priority at this point. But I didn't know about his other works. So if he has like a sci-fi story, oh, yeah. I'd be Song, Song for Leah is really good. A lot of his short, like he's got some, like he's literally won like Hugo Nebula Awards, hmm. like for ages. <laughs> He was all a, the way back. a long time before Game of Thrones came out. I'd be very was interested in that. He was a writer for a long time. He published a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones. yeah. But Sand Kings, Sand Kings is like, if you like horror too, horror and sci-fi, oh man, it's still like, oh, so nuts. I don't Taylor know if... Ice and Fire is my favorite series of all time and it's not close. So if you ever get an inkling, give Game of Thrones a try and see if it's for you, but nothing is remotely close for me. Yeah, it's like Yolene, Yolena, Yolene says the same exact thing. And it's like um, the thing with, with those books, I feel like I'm going to wait for the for everything to come out before I, I, because I read book one, book two, book three, and then I waited for a long time. And like like each time that he, he takes such a long break, I always start from scratch again. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to wait until everything is done because I, it's like, yeah, Great and maybe on great rereads right like I, I feel like it would be because um especially when i was reading the first book for the first time there were so many povs and at the time i wasn't very used to that mm -hmm. but now that everything is more structured in my head I, um, probably mm -hmm. the tv show helped out a little bit um yeah. I, I want to just like just like really sit down and enjoy that take my time with it uh what was that story you mentioned bryce was it sand kings sand kings yeah I, I don't know if any if any of you remember, but who was somebody was telling me about this. It was actually an episode of um, yeah, the Outer Limits, right? The Outer Limits, yep. Back in the nineties, yeah. And it yeah, was it's not even a bad episode. It's it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Have you read Fever Dream, Bryce, or anybody? No, else? it's been on my. I literally was just packing up some books, and that was in there, in one of them. And I was like, I need to get to this. It's probably still my favorite vampire story, and I've liked a lot of vampire stories. I think Salem's Lot may have passed it, but Fever Dream's really, really good. It's kind of right. a bellum vampires on a steamboat type deal. Really, really good. Yeah, that's one of those. It's like, 
I don't know if anyone else does this, but I'll like, all right, there's certain like, okay, I know how good I'm going to love this. I like mm. vampires and I like George R. R. Martin. So I'm going to yeah. save it for that perfect day. And then the perfect day literally never comes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so then I have like, literally that's the majority of my mount to be read is that. Yeah, it's tough to keep The up. vibes have to be right, you know? Right. That's a good point. <laughs> And, I, yeah, mood I, reading has hurt me <laughs> too. Sorry. Like I don't. So when I'm releasing my uh, TBR for the readathon, I think that would be the first ever TBR video on my mm -hmm. account on my channel, and that's just simply because that's just simply because I, I I'm such a mood reader. Like I cannot like organize it. It's like wherever my feelings take me. Because I find that when I read like that, I I, I don't get um, disappointed as often. You know, I go with the vibe. Sometimes like some and sometimes it's like I could go. I love grimdark, but then I could find myself reading like different genres. I could find myself, you know, touching on different just because like my mood dictated like what I would read next, and I feel like that's very helpful. Nothing wrong with I agree with that. Yeah. Like mood reading can derail a TBR, but I think sprinkling it in there is good sometimes, you know, because yeah. if you're forcing yourself to read something that's just the wrong vibes, you know, it's kind of unfair to the book almost because you're not going to yeah. give it a fair shot in my experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I learned that with you're just Wheel like of time. grudgingly reading it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wheel of Time, I got like five books in and I was just like, I don't know. I was, it was just, you're just overwhelmed with 14 books in a series. And well, actually at the time there were only what 11 books out at the time when I started oh, and I was just overwhelmed and like, but I want to read so many other things. And it was, that's when I learned, okay, you can just sprinkle some other books in between. You can get back to the main series, but then I like, you know, didn't finish it off until last year. So <laughs> yeah, I did it. You know, I, 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 sorry. No, I was just saying I, I did the Wheel of Time in 2020, so it took me about nine yeah. months to get so. From start to finish, all 14 books? Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Yeah, some months I, I doubled up, some months I just did one, but that's how I like to do series. I like to binge over the course of a small period of time. I do that too, but like 14 books? Like, just like that? Wow. <laughs> you know, that's, that's very Honestly, impressive. The, Books seven to ten, I just want it over with. Like I, the sloggiest <laughs> slog. I don't like any of those books, but um, I love books one through six. Those are some of my favorites. And then that final book that Jordan did before he died, I really really like that. Um, and that then might be my favorite. The entire Sander Lynch, I love all of it from start to finish. So everything he touched, I really really liked. So most of it, I I enjoyed, but that middle. It's called the slog for a reason. That is not a misnomer. I did the slog is real. That. So, and so I recently, like, I started rereading because I think I read four books, and um, after reading four books, then I had uh, uh, like a long period. Like I had maybe like seven tiers, and <laughs> I started reading it again, and and I'm so glad I started reading it again because I'm appreciating like some nuances with the uh, with his writing and and. You know, like having, I feel like it's a very great, very, very good reread because mm -hmm. I, from from a writer's perspective, I can see how his, um, 
how he's setting things up now, things that I didn't notice the first time. And I'm appreciating him as a writer a lot more. I always thought he was really good, but I'm really appreciating his writing a lot more. I love rereads, but there's so many things I want to get to that it's hard to commit to rereads these days. But I'm definitely going to hop along when Yolene and uh, Joanna do Joanna do their Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire next year. Super stoked. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm in for that one too. It's, the balance it's, it's... of rereading is so difficult, you know, because you want to revisit your favorites. But I find once I've started making content, I, I can't help but think of it as wasted time, which it's not. It's absolutely not. But I can't help but think that way or feel that way when I'm rereading a book. I'm like, well, I've already talked about this on my channel. Who's going to want to hear me talk about it again? You know, <laughs> so yeah. I think that's I a really like interesting effect that's had, that I, the channel's I, had. I feel like I only I only review maybe maybe twenty five percent of what I actually read. I read a lot more. There are a lot of books I read, and if I'm not motivated to to uh, to review it, even if it's popular, because I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna say the prose is good and this is good and that is good. But it, it, like, it it has to get me in a certain way to like want to review it. You know, sometimes I can be reading a book and as I'm reading a book, I'm like, oh my God, I have to animate that part. Like this part has to be here. When I get that excitement and I even get more excited about reading the book and finishing it because I'm like, I need, I need like myself, like know about this book, you know? But um, yeah, like I don't like reading and uh, like reviewing books that like two separate things for me. Mm -hmm. And it works for me like that. Yeah. But yeah, I'll need to release more videos. So <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to probably review a lot more. <laughs> well, I feel like the way that you do reviews is you do those really cool animations and you put a lot of time into the presentation, you know, of the review. Um, also, sorry, Lana. Yes, Ken Lu hitting all the feels. Absolutely. Um, but I feel like when it comes to individual reviews, those do take a lot of time. And I definitely don't do that for all of the books that I read. It's only the ones that really stand out that have an individual review yeah. on my channel. The rest of them will be oh. part of a wrap up or, you know, a vlog or something. Yeah. But I yeah. definitely hear you on not wanting to invest all the time for every book because that is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But uh, yeah, like, uh, and sometimes like uh, when I watch a review, I, I'm like, wow, like I can enjoy a review for a book that's still it, like that's enough for me. That's like, okay, what what else, what what am I going, going to say different? You know, so it's just like, yeah, but uh, yeah. And something else, like uh, we're just recently talking about uh, rereads, something else that helps me with something I appreciate about rereads a lot is that it helps me like as a writer. So when I, it helps me like see things like, like in, it helps me like understand the writer's process a lot more so I can pick up on things and everything. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's very, very interesting for me. You're not so focused on like getting from point A to point B. You're like, okay, I know how that works. <laughs> yeah. How did they, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That makes sense as a writer. Yeah. Let me ask, um, let me ask this question. Who here would ever consider writing a book? 
I've I've considered it and even like I'll still to this day write down my ideas for books. I think I've also come to grips with the fact just as I probably won't ever be able to read all the books in my collection in my lifetime, I probably won't actually write <laughs> those actually into something. I don't know, but I'm just going to be realist here. I when have I zero self-discipline. Oh, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I have zero self-discipline, no process, no good habits. It would never work out. So not, not a writer here. Yeah, I feel for me, when I was younger, I had dreams of it, you know, thank God I didn't put those, you know, uh, those first drafts of things when I was a, a teenager online. <laughs> but I did, you know, write stories down at that time. But at this point, uh, yeah, it's a time thing for me, basically, because I, I would need to invest a lot of time and effort into getting better at the craft, for sure. Mm. And it's just, you know, that wouldn't be a priority for me in my downtime to, to become, to work on that skill. You know, I'm focusing more on Japanese and other things right now that I think maybe later in my life, but now I wouldn't be able to invest the time because it's an art, right? It takes practice. Yeah, so. But then you also invest like Japanese literature. No? I'm sorry, what you like uh, Japanese literature. Uh -huh. do, you, do you invest in it? Yeah, like I feel like that would, that would give you like a very unique perspective because I've read a yeah. lot of um, I've read a lot of uh, like Chinese, like um, translated Chinese novels and also Japanese novels as well. And that gives me a different a different take because um, there's a cultural there's a cultural pattern with um, with uh, European books. There's a cultural pattern with American books. And just reading Japanese and like Asian books like that, I see like a different perspective. And I'm definitely like, I have to, like, I want to include that. I want to include that. So for instance, I feel like that is something that makes Will White stand out so much as a writer because um, he, he did, a, he read a lot of Chinese, um, a lot of Chinese, uh, literature chinese fantasy and he said that that was always like such a big influence on his writing so yeah i feel like you could bring something it's definitely i having read quite a few will white books lately <laughs> i can definitely say it's definitely in there and you can see it all in there and it's cool like i like i mean that's just growing up there's so much medieval fantasy that it is it's so nice to get just other cultures and other mm -hmm. things i still like my good yeah. medieval fantasy but like that's what i love that it's really become i feel like a huge thing now to just to, to just branch out all over the place finally you know yeah like look at um rage of dragons that was like uh that was like um that was a take on african like uh setups african uh like uh perspective the, the the caste system and like mm -hmm. the 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 way that the world was organized and everything and just that unique unique take on by itself was something that a lot of people right really enjoyed about uh, ever winter's uh, writing so i feel like being able to um to bring that into you know like a, a different audience is always very interesting come off as different I think, you know, those 
those um, non-European based stories have always been there, but they haven't been pushed and they haven't been shown to people. So it makes me very happy to see, you know, those types of settings finally get their due. With, I mean, the Greenbone Saga is one of the best series oh, I've ever read in my life. It's fantastic. Um, and that, you know, has a completely different setting. It's like an Asian mishmash, you know, of a bunch of different cultures. But, uh, I mean, that's more of an urban fantasy. So it's not a fantasy world per se, um, you know, built from the ground up. It's more based in, you know, reality. But still, I really find it's so nice. Let's just put it that way. It's so nice to see. Uh, options out there. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's something that um, I really enjoy being able to do on my channel is give those stories a platform. Just uh, want to mention really quickly that our friend Alex from Tall Guy Reads is six subs away from a thousand. Yes, so go, yeah, go check Everyone it out. go now. Let me see. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Just, just Alex Reads? Uh, Tall, Guy Tall Guy Reads. Reads. Oh, tall guy reads. Let me sell right now. Yeah, I want to book. Away. Yes. Let's get him here before the end of the stream. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh, he so deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Great channel, yeah. Let's go. I mean, he's only been around for like, what, two months here too? And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> killing it. A, Absolutely I know. He's a, like, well a, a, a good looking guy too. Always <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. helps. Yeah, it always helps. Always helps. Uh, and Eric had a comment, so not uh, Gene Wolfe as an intro book. I'm not familiar. I was looking up Gene. Book uh, of Newsom. Yeah, I hear that's pretty complicated. I, I haven't actually read, but I have the Shadow of Torture of the Torture on my. I read the first chapter of Shadow of the Torture last year or earlier this year, and I decided it was too complicated for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, smart enough. Too to complicated. Wow. I read a I read a Gene Wolf short story that was like some collection I got back in the day that was a review copy and uh, I read it and I was like I didn't understand a thing I do and I was like so apparently <laughs> I am way too dim to understand Gene Wolf. <laughs> my, my guy Christopher Rocchio who does Sun Eater that's his favorite writer Gene Wolf, so I want to read it just because I want to see what Rocchio got some of his ideas and stuff from. Oh yeah, Sun Eater is a good one too. I love Sun Eater. So good. Been wanting to pick that up for a long time. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, I keep telling people that I'll join Buddy Reads for it, and then I <laughs> never get around to it. So, but it's definitely on the radar. It does some very mind blowing stuff that you don't see coming, or at least I didn't. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot mm-hmm. of fantasy, so there's some stuff that will certainly but is be a it like. Is it, uh, is it like, uh, would you say it's character-focused or is it plot-focused? I would say it's more plot-focused. I like the characters a lot, but it's not like a character study like you would see in something like Abercrombie or Robin Hobb. Um, I'd say it's like it's like more accessible Dune. I yeah. don't know if that mm. makes sense. Mm. <laughs> like, it's easier to get into, but it, it, it like, I had a lot of, like, I, anyway, and just from watching a lot of what he's done, yeah. uh, or what his influences are, it just seems like Dune is definitely an influence. And I felt Dune, I thought Dune and kind of Red Rising vibes kind of like, because Red Rising is more of like a modern sci-fi kind of look, but then Dune is more classic. Felt like it kind of put together a couple of those things. And anyway, I, I loved, I've only read the first book as usual. That's oh, my MO. Howling Dark. It was so good. 
That's what I hear. Howling Dark is where it's like. Um, yeah, it feels like Red Rising, but he hasn't read Red Rising, so he gets accused constantly of ripping <laughs> uh, Pierce Brown off, which is hilarious because he's never read the books. Um, but he sees it as kind of an ongoing conversation with Frank Herbert. That's kind of how he describes Whoa. some of his influences in the series, which is really cool. Yeah. Frank Herbert is such a such a writer. Like I was reading Dune, and I was so mind blown. Like the way, especially when he was um, writing from Paul's perspective, and mm -hmm. his like concept, like his he the, he the way he conceptualized time, and the mm -hmm. way he talked about it, I I was I was just mind blown. And like I watched interviews of himself of of him while he was uh what when he was alive and. He was so intelligent. He was so intelligent. And he tried to, um, there were things in his life at the time that he was he was um, experiencing and learning about. And every time he learned something, he, he just, the the ideas he had in the book just like expanded. Like it's, it's very like crazy how he was able to transform what he was learning in his personal life and his beliefs and like his philosophies and everything into the book and just like deliver it so 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 nice until date there are few writers that write from that omnipresent that, mm -hmm. that that multiple povs where four people are in a room and the pov is switching and it's yeah. that engaging because you know what everybody knows and you also know what what not everybody knows and you know what their intentions are like i love the way he, he beautifully pieced but i'm not yeah but Dune is, Dune is such a good book. Masterpiece, yeah. Masterpiece. And like just hearing that that person is, you know, drawing inspiration from him and like having a comment, like I'm, I'm already interested in reading that. Uh, Miss Jared had a question, and I does, I can't answer this one ever at Stormlight. So uh, I'm looking to start Malazan or Stormlight. What are your recommendations? What I should start first? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I read Malazan, so I can't say anything but about that. But I can say Stormlight, you know, I know, uh, Jared, you have, you've read uh, fantasy before, so it's not like you're a newbie to it. So I would say Stormlight's very accessible yeah. for someone who's been in fantasy for a while. Uh, it's the, the, what you come to expect from Sanderson. So it's got the hard magic system explained to you right away. You really get the world established very clearly. So I would say it's very, very accessible. Whereas I've heard Malazan is not. I'm just going off of what I've heard. I haven't read it, but I've heard that Malazan is more of a project. Whereas I feel <laughs> yeah. like Stormlight might suck you in. It definitely and, can be. And I would just say like Malazan is complete, but, and we're still waiting on Stormlight. So that's kind of, I would just like, how much do you want to reread? Uh, a Stormlight reread is awesome. So, I mean, yes. that's, <laughs> so anyway. I don't know, man. By the, time, yeah. by the time he's done reading Stormlight, like uh, Brandon Sanderson could have finished the whole thing. So, like, there's no fear there. Good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, having read it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for complicated philosophy and political fantasy then that's malazan if you're looking for more of a marvel type of universe uh, is what i would call stormlight then super fun and and engaging then i would go with it just depends on what you're looking for i think i love them both so can't go wrong that's a good way to put yeah, it that's win-win that's win-win i agree uh george r, r. martin also has some superhero sci-fi wildcard series 
familiar with it. Read it. Um, I'm not not. I don't think I'll ever read that. I, it just makes me angry every time there's a new wild cards book because that means it was time taken away from what I want him to write. So. Yeah, curious. It's very interesting. He, he also the for this game. Um, what's the name of this game? Uh, God damn it. The one that's like. Uh, he wrote like a, an entire lore for oh. a game, and it's, it's oh, so, Elder it's, Elder Ring. Elder Elder Ring. Yeah, it is so detailed. Like it could be a book by itself. You know, when people are still waiting for him to release the next uh, Song of Ice and Fire. So, George R. R. Martin is. Uh, yeah, he needs to focus. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't have any claim to his time. I just no, I know, I want know. him to focus on the stuff I love. So. Yes, yes. I was, that was just a joke. No, I don't. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, Elden I'm Ring really, was cool, though. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I didn't mean, I, well, I, I, I was going to go down the road of, uh, you know, George R. R. Martin writing his books. <laughs> so uh, was, it was going way off topic. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so was mine, kind of, but uh, with Elden Ring. Like I, I, I was the one who downloaded the game because I was like, oh, I want to play this game because it's supposed to have so much story weaved mm-hmm. into it and everything, and that 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 interests me. But I'm a very casual gamer. I'm not good at games. I enjoy games, and so once I started playing the game, I was like, yeah, not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And then my husband took over, and he played most of the game. But the rage <laughs> that I saw in him when he was playing the game, it's just. It's like Dark Souls. You just have to die. Like yeah. there's no other way to yeah, get better like at it. To, so it's very, very, very difficult. For so if you enjoy the story, but you like you you you're not like really good at the game, you could just walk watch a uh, walkthroughs online. Just watch someone else play it. Yeah. Like progress on really mm-hmm. good. So it's it's not like uh, you don't have to watch them die too much because they are really already really good at the game, and just like mm. experience the story. Mm. It's definitely an outlet I might go down, but. <laughs> Yeah, I've given up on actually playing it. So, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I can't, even, I can't even beat Dark Souls, so I haven't even tried. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, random info. Uh, we'll write, we'll write books, cradle or one through five, or zero dollars at the moment on Kindle. So everyone, go take advantage. That's of that. a steal. That I have so CS. many will books that I, Amazon keeps giving them to me. So I like buying stuff for. for- yeah. Very, very cool. Well, wise books are just so much fun. You like, you don't, there isn't any point in time where like it feels like a slog reading it. And it's not, it's not complicated. Like it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't tax the brain. It's, it's just like, like ice cream. It's just like, just reading very nice, you know, and it's not, it's not so complicated where you need like a discussion of like then 10 intelligent uh, booktubers to like break down. It's just fun. It's just fun, well, and it's, it's it just speaking, keeps going. Speaking of Elden Ring, it's like a video game in your head. Like there's progression. You, it's like it's like leveling up your guy or your Pokemon or whatever. Yeah, like that's what you're doing as you're in a fun way. That's like this is so awesome and fun. And anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that <laughs> brand of fantasy is called a pro- progression fantasy. Progression, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, I have very little mental energy at the end of the day. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I have to like my wife loves like historical fiction and all this stuff. And I'm like, I need to get into a whole different fantasy magical land so I can go sleep 
and not have to yeah. think about the real world. Otherwise, I won't. I'll just be up all night, which I'm half the nights anyway, thinking about some client or some random mm-hmm. thing that I need to do in court the next day. Yeah. Escapism is good for that, certainly. Yeah. Absolutely. And just before we move away from sale talk real quick, I saw, I think, Zamil Akhtar, his second book, Conqueror's Blood, was on sale. Just shouting that out. I saw it on uh, on Twitter. He retweeted that. I don't know if the sale is still going on, but if anyone read Gunmetal Gods and is interested in the second book, I think it's like 99 cents or something like that. Steve so said he that predicts out. that this will be one of uh, Gunmetal Gods is going to be one of the uh, his, his reads of the year. And immediately mm-hmm. that that just left. I just like the may said. I just paused on the video. I went. I bought it, and then I continued watching the video. So <laughs> it's part of my. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an indie book, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right, right up here. Yep. Yeah. The so Gunmetal Gods itself is even just two ninety nine, and then mm. yeah, Conqueror's Blood is ninety nine cents. So that's okay. a, that's so a steal too. Yeah. Uh, could you read could, it? Could you, show, could, you, could, you, could you show the cover? It's so cool. I think the cover is yeah. so cool. Wow, Steve, I get to pull it out this time. It's always you. Look at this. <laughs> it's so cool. Oh. It's so cool. Like that is. Oh box. my god, the colors, like the the. And the, this like, is indicative of the book. Like this mm. is not a lie. So. Oof. Mm. The cover. It's this so the cover thin. doesn't lie. Conqueror's blood is also just amazing looking. Who does his covers, man? Who does his Killing covers? It. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like at some point, mm. they're just so epic. That's what a fantasy yeah. fan likes, you know. It's like, yeah. give me some epicness. Yeah. So, is it Flintlock yeah. Fantasy or what is it? I'd like. I guess I should know because I should have seen your reviews. But what's? Uh, no, no, it's <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. Uh, how would you define this? It's got guns, so. Mm-hmm. It- and metal is <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't have the vibe of a typical fantasy um it's set in the middle east and it's got lots of lovecraftian horror uh kind of melded in with an epic fantasy setting so there's a it's very very grimdark so there will be there's like you know scenes in there that are can be tough to read but I, I don't know what I would call it. What would you call it, Steve? How would you? Uh, it's a tough one. I think it's a little bit of horror, a little bit of flintlock, and a lot of grimdark. Okay. <laughs> or dark fantasy, whatever you want to call it. Sure. But yeah, it's uh, there. Yeah, there are some pretty, pretty difficult scenes in there that, like, wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of difficult scenes in my genre, so that's all right. Yeah. 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 I, um, uh, and if you like the horror elements, excited. if you read. Oh, sorry. If you like the horror no, no, elements no. in the first one, they get ramped up in all the other ones. So, and doesn't really his new, awesome. isn't his new book the the Lightblade book? Isn't that a progression yes. fantasy type series? Mm-hmm. Or I don't, I'd heard something about that. That I mean, it's just like he's doing everything up up my alley. I, yeah, I need I, to... yeah, yeah. I haven't I, read I, it yet because as a Spiffbo judge, I can't yet. It's not in my. Oh. Batch, oh. but oh, right. but I've heard amazing reviews. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one. Uh, I didn't. I I read it, but I didn't know what progression fantasy meant. Mm-hmm. So I just you know, I was like, I guess this is progression fantasy. I don't know. <laughs> 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 but it's not as it's not as dark, nearly as dark as Gunmetal Gods is. I just want to give a mm-hmm. shout out to our friend and author Jeff Lane. He's here today. Hey Jeff, thanks for coming by. Hey Jeff. 
Team Dark Knight. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still waiting for my Ateneo-inspired fantasy might be my task in life. Will? Yes. Do it. Do it, Ursi. That'd be cool. I mean, I don't, and I don't mean to be like, I mean, it's like, there's, I feel like there's kind of been some things like almost around that, you know, I know this, you know, Hawaii isn't the same as, as Caribbean, but like, um, you know, what's it called? The Moana is like, okay, let's keep going, you know, let's keep expanding from there. Uh, so um, what she's talking about, Wuxia uh, fantasy, that is what that is a Chinese fantasy right, interpreted into English. And the uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's very, very interesting. It's weird, but it's very, very interesting. And uh, if you want uh, if you want a recommendation for Wuxia, uh, that's um, bright and bookish, try Warlock of the Megas World or Warlock of the something, Warlock of something. But then it's uh, it's Leiling. Leiling. Let me let me just give me a second. Let me just Google this real quick. Uh, Warlock of the Magus World. That's the name of the book. It is it is dark, dark, but it's it's also really nice. That's my recommendation. Hmm. So so Scott, how has having your channel changed your reading habits? Uh, it hasn't. <laughs> I I still <laughs> schedule stuff. I still like. I've done one review on the channel ever. Mostly, it's just me doing like recaps because my memory is famously awful. So this way I can look back in a year and remember what I read and what I liked about it. So that's good. Um, but no, it, it hasn't changed any of my habits. I read about two to three hours a day. I try to keep that pretty consistently. Uh, I get up in, early in the morning so I can read and then maybe a little bit at night. So I audiobook often uh, to augment that. So yeah. nice. it hasn't changed my habits at all. But it's a good question. You'd think that it would have been earlier. Earlier, you said you don't have any self control. Getting up early to read? Right. No, respect. Like, I. Mm-mm. Needs to get done. No. So <laughs> be done I get up re- early to do my YouTube videos usually. That's about the only time I can get anything filmed and shot when everybody's quiet. My wife gives me a hard time for going to bed so early and calls me an old man, which is correct. I'm a very old man. <laughs> Not. Not a put down, but yeah, I'm usually in bed by like nine, so getting up early in the morning is not a big deal. Wow, yeah, that's that's pretty uh, pretty good discipline. So, just a quick update that Alex from Tall Guy Reads is three subs away. Three subs away. I just I was just checking. I, I love this countdown. It's so great. Three yeah. subs. That was good. Three, three yeah, away. Subs. Come on, let's do this. Let's yeah. do this. Let's carry him over the line. Yeah. Anyone also, new yeah. to the chat, go subscribe. If yes. we can do one thing in this chat <laughs> today. Let's make right. it happen. <laughs> and uh, Hannah Blackwell just started a channel too, so go check out Hannah's channel. Yeah. She's popping in to Ooh, say hello. Right there. You know, on the on the live stream that uh, I was on earlier, we were just talking about how how much booktube has grown. So mm-hmm. many people, like there's so many booktube channels now. Like I hardly I can hardly keep up. Before I used to um go to um I used to like just type on my uh, on my search bar, uh, booktube newbie, newbie tag, and just see like people like just see every 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 three days that I check the 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 search list is different. There are so yeah thousands and thousands of booktubers now. Like booktube is growing really fast and it's very exciting. I agree. 
It is super exciting. But I was actually talking about this with my friend Tammy on one of her like uh, reading sprints live streams a while ago. Just speaking of knowing about, you mentioned earlier, uh, Epic, knowing about something before it was cool kind of thing. Um, I, I, ha I would be lying if I said I wasn't frustrated, though, with a trend that I'm seeing where lifestyle YouTubers uh, who used to show just like lifestyle vlogs, which is totally, you know, a completely different realm. A lot of them have uh, jumped on the trend of reading like uh, more, I guess you could say like mainstream, not fantasy books. So like Colleen Hoover and things like that, which is totally fine to read, but they'll do a vlog about it and it'll get like millions of views and people are like oh my god she reads it's so cool and i'm like there's a whole group of us <laughs> like, there's so many of us already doing this content <laughs> no like, like just watch no I'm, I'm telling you right like book booktube isn't mainstream right now but like um and you see when i see stuff like that it just lets me know that booktube by itself one day like would be would be able to like actually influence the market in a very major way like not just like okay this is my community it's like people going to find books to read and like watching it in like in thousands and hundreds of thousands like i can see that how i can see book moving towards that direction because i feel like it has something to do with the pandemic and i was looking at some stats about it a lot of people became book readers during the pandemic like they, they just uh, there's nothing to do at home let me pick up a book you'll be surprised and i feel like that's gonna have like a, a, a long-term effect on readers and the booktube community as a whole hmm. well it, what's funny is it seems counterintuitive too because you're like you're going to watch books <laughs> and, and it's like, that's a really but, good point yeah but it's funny to me because like i did you know i'm i'm an old man here and uh i used to do the uh blogging back in the day and um back in 2009 is when i started and um that's it was like that was like the thing right to do um and it, it just because that makes more sense but i just i don't know it just hasn't been as as like why it really does feel like it's shifted from there and i know there's a lot of still great uh blogs out there that i still follow and get a lot of recommendations from but it does i i do feel like there is that shift um to to youtube and it's really cool mm -hmm. yeah uh sean cole by the time you understand <laughs> the lessons storm might be complete <laughs> not far off yeah because <laughs> you have to read it three times yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so there was there was something that uh there was something that killed me like i was i was just reading through like uh, a malazan chat and i don't mind reading reading through like the uh, malazan discussions because i know by the time i pick up the book the book could confuse me so much i wouldn't even have any like the reference i, I was trying to get before then wouldn't mean anything you know, but um, I was reading through it and I saw this guy explaining something about the book and he just kept talking about it and a lot of people were agreeing and agreeing. And someone just came and said something that was like, no, this is not what this, this, this wasn't what was happening. This was what was actually happening. And this, the chat completely changed. A, a different group of people were like, yes, this is what was happening. This is like, and that just intrigues me so much because like uh, Ericsson, the fact that he doesn't do much exposition, it allows people to imagine it in different ways. 
so it, it, and i think me uh we i, I spoke about this in one of the of uh, uh, um, discussions that ability to have um your readers co-create your book as they are reading it so they are also carrying some of the load of creation is very very powerful you know and i find the same thing with uh with uh baker's audience as well because baker has so much philosophy in his books that when you when you when you it is also there's also a level of letting you to inter interpret as well but he does his with a lot of exposition so it, it's just very i just find that really really interesting so if you understand malazan in one way and you're pretty sure that that is what it is i assure you that there are, there are so many theories out there that would blow your mind I love I love how you put that because that's perfect. Like I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that's exactly it. You you are creating it with him. I always kind of name it as he trusts you as a reader that like because a lot of people are like ah oh, you're it's so confusing you just dropped into it. But I'm like he trusts you as a reader that you're gonna get it. You're gonna start picking things up, you know. And I feel like especially on reread, I'm going oh I missed so many things I didn't realize were like right there. They were there. Uh, you just didn't know how to read well enough <laughs> into it, but that's good. Anyway, I, I appreciate that perspective it's on just it. Just compassion, right, Bryce? I, everything's compassion. No, yeah. just it, it all boils down to it's just compassion. Like anytime Steve does any kind of an interview or anytime Philip Pace talks about it or AP or anybody else, you'll hear compassion like 47 times in whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you, and by the end, you're like, oh my gosh, because there's some terrible things that happen. Like, oh, yeah. And it can be described, I think, in a in a vein as as grim dark. You know, yeah. there's some terrible things that happen. I don't, I don't think it's fully grim dark, uh, but because of that compassion, right? And it's mm -hmm. that is like it, it's like it's showing that to to show the compassion end, right, of it. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Steve himself says yeah. it's not grim dark, so I guess I'll go with. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Not, not Authors grim. don't really know. Have you taken an English class? <laughs> that's that's an interesting because i i've i've heard um i've heard people say that because i thought the second book was i the prologue especially is like this is a this is pretty grim yeah this is like dark fantasy but so and i, and I get like they, he didn't he may not have intended it to be but once it's out there in the world it's mm -hmm. we're all gonna have our different you know For perspectives sure. yeah yeah, and there's, there's this idea that like once you've created something and you've put it out there for another person to like pick up, it's no longer yours. It yeah, no right. longer belongs to you. So it, it's, uh, um, you, you, of course, your intentions for writing the book and like your 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 thoughts and your, you know, your feelings and all of that. But once you put it out there, it's everyone else's thoughts, everyone else's opinions, everyone else's. So it, it's a thing about creating creating something and even as booktubers i feel like i can empathize with that creating something and letting go of it and moving on to the next thing creating something else and moving on from it and people are going to you know have views and perspectives on what you did you know yeah. so it, it's a uh, it's a uh, like like uh, big ups to like uh, steve's point yeah yeah i mean it's that's the nature of creative mm -hmm. you know things and art you know, you can create it with all of the intention in the world, but once you release it, the point is for people to consume it, right? So it's a just a subjective act, you know, to observe something, to take something in, in the first place. So, you know, same thing with reviews. I think it's really important to, you know, you could try to be as objective as possible, 
when you are doing a review, but reviews are by their nature subjective. So, you know, the discourse on booktube where I understand it hurts when someone doesn't like a book that you like, I get it. You know, I've had that feeling too, but I think people need to get a little bit better at in general on booktube with dealing with that because it's a subjective thing, (laughs) you know, no one's, not everyone's gonna have the same opinion. (laughs) I've dealt with that so much, just like, um, I can make a rant review or I can make a gush review about something. And uh, I watch somebody else's channel and say I rant about it. I'm hearing them gush about it. And then I'm hearing why they gushed about it. And I can't even argue with them. But how I feel doesn't change. So I'm like, okay, big ups to you. Like, nice articulation. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't argue with you. But at the same time, yeah, I, like subjectively, like I had a terrible time or I had a great time reading it. Yeah, no, like, that's definitely true. Mm. I feel like there was like a kind of a fad and maybe it's still there, but on Goodreads was to like just trash books and you just have these like, we're going to get to this level of, you know, like I'm going to get more interaction if I just trash a book and it's like, come on, like mm-hmm. anyway, it just like, it, like have merit to it, right? Yeah. We, I think just, we talked about this on a previous Friday yeah. conversation. Sorry, Steve. Um, oh, just, re- just really, just a quick update, just a uh, <laughs> tall guy reads update. He is three away. So just <laughs> yes. wanted to let everyone know. Go, a go better boy. Out. Alex is yeah. awesome. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. And Alex, yes. did you, did you see what, did you see what was promised on your behalf, Alex, that you're buying everyone a book in the chat, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. No take yeah, no take backs. <laughs> no take backs. No uh, take backs. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. You were, uh, about, no, no, uh, I'm trying to get my train of thought. Uh, we were talking, I think you were going to mention like the gatekeeping that goes on kind of thing. Is that what you were? Uh, I don't think that word was in my brain. Hold on. Let me retrace what <laughs> I was saying. Uh, we were talking about rant reviews, right? You get more engagement. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So we talked about it on a previous uh, Friday conversation, but there's a way to do a negative review that is beneficial even to the the author you know i reviews that i really don't enjoy are ones that attack the author if it's focused at all in that way i won't read that review because i don't think it's engaging with the work in good faith really so for me personally uh if i'm going to do a negative review of course there's a space for rant reviews for sure but i do think if you're going to do one there's a way to do it that engages with the work um and not the person and just trashing it so I I have a thing, right? I have a thing. So a lot of the times I get um like uh, authors from from Facebook or like authors from like no one has had them. Maybe they haven't even released a thing. And I read their books and I read the books and I absolutely hate it. And I tell them why I hate it. And I'm like, do you still want me to talk about it? You know, because I understand where they are. I'm not going to I'm not going to release a video, and just uh you know like just for bashing sake if i'm rant reviewing about something it's it i would only do that if my rant review didn't matter <laughs> if it was already successful like if, if the train has already gone like millions of people already love this stuff so i'm just going to tell you why i don't like it because it's not going to affect author because as an author myself on and also understanding that reading taste is subjective i'm not going to like you know just hit something i can say i don't like it 
and I say what why I don't like it, but it won't be a rant. I'll try and make it as constructive as possible. That's a good point. For in for instance, George R. R. Martin, I've made clear I like him. I like him a lot. But Fire and Blood, I hated. I did not like. But I get and, and it was like because it was it was just telling a history book. I like the stories themselves were good, but I wanted like I wanted you know substance to these stories i wanted to get into the minds and the you know and and just like you did with the duncan egg novellas and the and everything but fire and blood i struggled with i read because i have dangerous women and i was so excited to get that anthology because there was going to be some some ice and fire in it and then i like i literally couldn't finish reading it and i had to get fire and blood on audio and then that was the only way it was just like to force myself to read through it anyway <laughs> just an example of like <laughs> of that i actually you, you read today i'm uh re-listening and redoing it in preparation for house of the dragon which i'm super excited about so yeah hmm. uh gypsy heart crafts had a had a question as far as book covers go what's one book that changed the cover art from the original cover design to one that you actually liked the first cover better, has there been any for you? I guess anything involving an adaptation, right? Because then they Ooh. put the yeah. stuff on there. So anything that you know changes to a movie cover, stop yeah. it. None of us want that. Just just a PSA for any marketing team out there, stop it. <laughs> and stickers. We don't want that either. Right. <laughs> So officially, just real quick, just a quick diversion. Tall Guy Reads has officially reached 1K subs. Congrats. Yes, we did it. We did it. I think we we should take all the credit. (laughs) You know, I'm on board for that. (laughs) (laughs) But to answer your question, this is one. The original cover is beautiful. This one is like we tried to make. This is actually a video game. What's the book? <laughs> what the is Desert happening? of Souls. Oh, okay. It's, this cover. Anyway, this is one. I I for some reason have this little version of. It. I think because I got it on Amazon and I was tricked. <laughs> I there's gotta be one. There's gotta be because I I'm just picky. Maybe I refuse to buy it, and that's why looking behind me. You know, like doesn't trigger anything. Can I ask a controversial question? Hmm. So, what is the most popular book that you don't like? And because I asked the question, I don't have to answer. Cool. <laughs> well, okay. uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, you don't make the rules. Absolutely not. <laughs> be- yeah. Before uh, before we answer it, Scott, did you have a, a cover that um, that changed the original? So I'm the odd guy here that doesn't have a lot of physical books i know i've got some in the background but i'm the digital guy so it usually doesn't matter to me what the cover is for an ebook or for an audio book i'm yeah, interested so. in pages so i'm the wrong healthy, guy very healthy anything with an adaptation yeah and so on, quick, on, the on books, that they'll update them and then they they keep like changing the cover anyways <laughs> just like a quick uh, note on that claim like i'm also a huge digital guy and uh, yeah, that's why instead of a bookshelf, I have paintings that yeah. Uh, yeah. like posters that uh, show my taste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if I'm, 
I see the benefit to ebooks. I definitely do. And you know, living in Japan where I live, it's essential to me to have ebooks, you know, because if I'm going to pay for shipping for a physical book, it's going to be something I want in my collection. Sure. But I would be lying if I said that it feels the same as a physical book when I'm reading an ebook. I just turning the pages, I just I like I get I like doing I understand that. The argument. <laughs> I just that part the text no, I mean, stuff and the smell and stuff doesn't mm-hmm. I switched so, to ebooks I, like when the first Kindle came out and I've never looked back. So so aside from aside from books that authors send directly to me, um I only buy a book if I can reread it. I only buy like a physical copy if I can reread it. And for me that's the, like uh it's it's that, that's just like okay, I have to have a physical like product to like hold and smell and feel and have that nostalgic nostalgic connection with but aside if I can't reread it I I don't so I only buy books I've read and I really 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 like epic just mm-hmm. just make sure my wife never hears of that that <laughs> uh, that's all I ask right? I hear that's a good plan and it's a valid way to do things but has to be a secret, huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. If she I'll finds out that you can go that way, I don't know. I'm like, I buy way too many books that I'm just like, oh, I know, I don't. One. <laughs> I, I'll tell you something. So when I was in when I was in Ontario before I moved to like uh, the western part of uh, of Canada, before I moved to Vancouver, I had a bookshelf and I had so many books. But then I was moving on very short notice. Like I found out I was going to move like maybe three days before I moved, and I had to give up all the books in my library and that broke my heart in in ways that i can't even i can't even put in words so since then i might just be dealing with trauma but i'm just (laughs) like you know what i'm just gonna carry my kid like buy ebooks so that i can carry it everywhere and if i buy a book then it like it has like mean more than uh like you know so, for instance, like if uh, if you were going to leave Japan, for instance, like how are you going to like transport all those books? Because it's That's... expensive. Because they're heavy. <laughs> yep, it's there's no way around it. I'm just gonna have to shell out the money. Like there's, there's <laughs> just, literally there's a, no other way. Here's if thing, I can, you can float on them. For me, I was <laughs> for, for me, I was broke, very broke at the time. So I was just graduating university. So it was like, mm. ah, damn it, I had to make the sacrifice. Yeah, you know, bless my husband's heart. Every time I get a new one, he's like, that's another couple pounds for the shipping. And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, too. I think, Scott, you mentioned this earlier, but being a, an e-reader and, you know, having primarily e-books, there's a ton of free books on Amazon if you can catch them. Constantly yeah. there's books that are free. It's just a matter of catching when, when they're uh, available. I also use, like, the Libby app a lot. I'm a, a member of Scribd. Like I do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. where you get free stuff, so mm-hmm. um, I like I like all of those options. It's nice to have. Libby and Script are game changers. Mm-hmm. I rely on those so heavily. Yeah. And uh, don't get Taylor started on book stickers. Don't. <laughs> Absolutely no. I will Why? die on that hill. <laughs> Why did they get to see anyone that enjoyed book stickers? That's just something. I don't know why they do happen. it. I don't. Shouldn't I'm gonna stop myself, but I could go. <laughs> and, I, and I can forgive an actual sticker. Yeah, it's just those fake ones right. that you're just like, why you do something? Why about ruin it? this book? 
I got my copy of The Hunger of the Gods and the disrespect. Mm-hmm. They put the barcode directly across the face of the, the wolf no, on the cover. Oh. And I was like, excuse you. <laughs> I love Hunger of the Gods. What a great book. I hope you enjoy it. Fantastic. Yeah, oh, Hunger was fanta- uh, or Shadow was fantastic. So yeah. I really, I hope so. Good, good stuff. I've had people recommend that book to me. And um, yeah, like uh, I didn't have the best time reading Fearful and the Fallen, but I... I, I did hear, and there's a reason Steve is laughing because we made a lot of like videos on that. But um, like uh, Hunger of the Gods. So I told someone I didn't like uh, FIFA on the phone. They were like, read Hunger of the Gods. His writing improves so much, and it's so good. So um, yes, I I I probably will be diving into into that as soon as possible. It's very different. I've only read Malice, so I haven't read past that. And I like I like Malice, but I haven't read either in that series. I need I need to read Gwen. He's on my list. Everybody reads Gwen and is like read Gwen, and I'm like fine, I will. That fan base can read emails. I'm tell you. My objective pers- my objective view on Glenn's uh, on on his writing Gwen's writing is that um you i can see and there's the one aspect about the book i enjoy is watching him improve mm-hmm. as like in every book like valor is better than malice uh mm-hmm. what's the third book the third book is um ruin i think ruin i think is third ruin is better ruin is better than um than valor and mm-hmm. i heard wrath is the best so um that's what that i was the most enjoyable thing about it watching him improve for me but um yeah so like um i haven't read wrath yet because i'm just like i didn't really have a good time reading the previous and it was centered around like how predictable it was but um yeah like i'm willing to to try again you know my heart has healed from that experience and i would try (laughs) to read um like shadow of the god because someone i really trust was like trust me you have to read it so it's its own thing. It's really, really unique. Um, but I, mm. if you're into Norse space stuff or you like Vikings, can't go wrong. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I haven't read Faithful in the Fallen, so my first Gwyn was uh, Shadow of the Gods. But it was, it's, it's fantastic. It really mm. is worth the hype. I, I personally think. Hmm. Worth the hype. That's a lot. <laughs> I do. I I'm think gonna, it's worth the I'm hype. Check it out. I do. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check that's, it out for sure. Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I might uh, not be as. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just okay. saying, like, uh, with with Shadow of the Gods, I might not be. Um, I might, I might be reading it like, and maybe that's why I enjoy it because I'm reading with 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 not very high expectations. Hmm. Mm. Um, See, I was just gonna say I'm I with Eric a here. video. Sorry. Sorry. No, I interrupted. I just was commenting on the comment. Uh, no, no. That, I, I think I want to jump on that too. I definitely yeah. agree with that. That's a huge thing for ebooks for me. Yep. Whenever a place is mentioned in the map, I like to look at it. Me too. So then Every I time. do this, you know. <laughs> have you read um, Tough's Guide, the Diana Wynne Jones like glossary on fantasy? I haven't. No. Oh, man. It's so brilliant. And it's like. Really? It, oh, it's like. <laughs> So it's literally a glossary, like that's all it is. Mm. But it's like making fun of, like in a great, heartwarming, lovely <laughs> way, because she writes fantasy. 
mm-hmm. and it's like making fun of the fantasy like it's like first thing get to the map <laughs> find out where you are guess what you're not in this map <laughs> somewhere else outside yes. of the map yes oh my god it's so what's it the is, name i'm putting that on my tbr it's right Tuff's now guide it is like the funniest like I just read like I just pick it up every night. Like I literally have it right by my like my my um Got bed. it. And I, I every now and then I just I need to chuckle again and uh it's so brilliant. It's it's so good. Oh, it's added to my T V R right now. Yeah, just from getting right and getting the name. Down like it makes well. fun of the epigraphs, the just like everything related. I mean, it is just brilliant. <laughs> We certainly have plenty of prologues and epigraphs. And right. All, like you yeah. need and a and prologue then, to the prologue. Yeah, then Sanderson the uh, in, introducing <laughs> preludes to prologues. We're right. Like, what? <laughs> so, uh, Planet Six to Eight. Um, I don't know if you're gonna pin it. It's uh, it's a uh, Steve's uh, website. Um, let me know what you think about it as you're reading it. I'm very interested in that. Very interested in that. I'd like to know like your thought process as you're going through it. Yeah, I was trying to find uh, Oath Broken on my shelf because I have it on my shelf. But Miss Bell Jarrett is an actually an author. Uh, he just letting us know Oath Broken will be free on Kindle starting tomorrow through the sixth and on over my anniversary that is today. And we are watching you all. So and he, he, yeah, he did enter Spiffball too. So I just listened to it earlier this year. It's great. It was so much fun. Ooh. It's urban fantasy. A lot of just like good just fast-paced kind of dialogue and funny moments and and just a lot of fun short mm. and sweet and just great i i really enjoyed it cool i can't find the book uh, you're See, falling old, off falling off here you're... <laughs> it's there somewhere i know it's there i have it so that's uh jared jared smith yeah uh, let, me, yeah, let me pull it up yeah. But if you're looking at his, uh, it's misspelled Jared because it's actually spelled J A R R Y D, I think. Okay. Got there. it. Got it. I'll add it to, yeah. Anyway. Let me get back then, to the next question, though, about yeah. Uh, yeah. Book we don't. I'm excited. Ah. I, got, I thought of, I thought oh, of it. Wow. Least Wow, like one of you did a very good job of distracting me from doubling <laughs> down on getting those answers. <laughs> Yeah, we almost job, got away with it. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, there's yeah. uh, the book, uh, Oath Broken, on uh, Amazon. So yeah. go check it out. I think, yeah, I think Steve had pushed it and just Jared's just an awesome dude. Um, mm. Great friend from Twitter, too. So very cool. Mm. So he's on Twitter. Yes. So very, very interestingly, I, I, so before I joined Twitter, I was terrified of the platform because everyone, I, everyone I've ever known that got canceled, it was Twitter that, that started it. So I was very, very scared of Twitter, but like, like, um, I actually really, really enjoyed Twitter, to be honest. It's where I've met a ton I of best friends, like, honestly. I feel like Twitter is all about, I feel like this is a buzzword, but curating your space. Truly, you you will see what you want to see if you actively decide who you're letting in, you know, so or actively call people that you're like, yeah, this is not something I'm interested in. So I think it's it it can be just the black hole of toxicity. (laughs) It absolutely can be. But I think if you decide carefully who's in your space, 
it can be a really positive experience. Because I agree, I've met some really good friends through there as well. Mm. What is uh, what is his Twitter handle? Let me just add him. Uh, let's see. How do you like uh, Twitter, Scott? It's fine. Uh, I've got a couple of accounts. I've got one I've had for a while that I use for sports uh, following, but because the Cubs are so awful, I don't log into <laughs> it anymore. I don't need that kind of pain in my life right now. They're, they were uh, good for a little bit there, right? They were good for a little bit. Uh, and now it's all over and will be for the rest of my life. That's, um, and well, then I, if it they, makes you – oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, if it makes you feel better for sports teams, the sports team for my area is the Red, Washington Redskins for football. Oh, there so. you go. I know pain. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. See, in Colorado, Colorado, we got the avalanche. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That phrase, I know pain, like is, uh, it's also <laughs> like a, a reference that someone made when they read, uh, I think it was... Um, uh, what was it wrote this book? Uh, Kingdom Paradise, Paradise, Rich, um, Richard Nell. Um, mm -hmm. God damn it! What's the name of the What's the name of the first Kings book of again? Paradise? Yeah, Kings of Paradise. Yeah, that would be the. Um, that's also going to be part of my. I'm going to read that book as well. And someone read the book and like they're like no pain or like a phrase like that on a good read. So yeah, it just made me laugh. If I want pain, I'll just reread a Hob book. I don't. I don't need it. <laughs> She's my very favorite. She, she holds no punches back. That's right. <laughs> um, Absolutely not. We were talking oh. earlier about subjective uh, reading and stuff, and I'm good with anything until someone criticizes Queen Hob and I've got <laughs> everything else. Ooh, ooh. You know, <laughs> I, I love. I'm, yeah. I I love what how people talk about Robin Hob. Like Yolene loves her. Like you love her as well. You know, and uh, yeah. Like, uh, I can't wait to get into, like, her stuff. The only thing that has held me back is that I'm always reading huge books. Mm -hmm. And because I'm always, uh, when I see another huge book, I'm always tentative about, you know, just buying it and, like, getting into it. But it's definitely, um, I want to, especially because everyone talks about her prose and how it feels like, uh, like, I think on one of your videos, um, on one of your videos, you talked about how it's like a stream. How you do your, it's like, uh, yeah, like I, I really want to, I want to uh, get it. I want to see what she does. It's that is so special. Most beautiful writer ever for me. And the best character the work. most beautiful writer ever. That's the kind of stuff I, I, that gets me excited to read an author. Yeah. I, I'm somewhat biased. So you'll just have to put up. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, no, no. Everyone is. <laughs> I'm six books in for Hob, and I oh man, Lifeship Traders I liked even so more good. than Assassin's Apprentice, and it was like or the Assassins uh, or Farseer, sorry. Yeah. Um, Lifeship just oh my gosh, to a whole another level. I loved that trilogy. I can't wait for you get to Tony man, because if you like those two, you're in for a really good time. Gonna be great. Yeah, I'm on. Um, I That's just much, finished right? not just, but I finished Royal Assassin a couple yeah. months ago. And uh, I definitely plan to finish Assassin's Quest this year. Uh, I can't wait to get to Live Ship because I feel like that's just really at my alley. Yeah. But Hob is interesting for me because her writing is stunning. And the only mm -hmm. way I can describe it is cozy. Mm -hmm. Like it, the words sound cozy together. Like I don't know how else to describe that. Um, yeah. So it's beautifully written. 
but I have a really interesting experience when I'm reading her books. They feel like a slog. They feel slow. Mm. But then after I read the book, I'm like, I loved that. And I just sit and I just think about it. So it's, I have a really interesting experience with her. I enjoy the experience of reading. Yeah. Mostly, <laughs> you know? I, and I well, I remember having that with Assassin's Apprentice because I, I think I went in going, Assassin's Apprentice, this is about assassins and yeah. assassinating. <laughs> not what you think it is, group. And it's you're not like, assassinating, no. Super slow and we so, do some things. And then you realize, so, okay, this is what we're in for. So I, I think it was uh, two Friday discussions ago with um, Johanna. And you made that comparison when you were just like, uh, when I'm reading it, it feels like a slow when I'm done, I'm like, wow, I really enjoyed that. And just uh, for Bryce to really like, also, I found that so, so like, so, so weird, but in a good way, because I'm just like, okay, I want to know what that is like, because it's uh, usually, um, I know when I'm reading a book and it feels like a slog, I'm almost like, oh, I can't wait for this to end. But then it, 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 it's, it's, I, I know I'm enjoying a book while I'm reading it. And when I'm reading it and I'm seeing that the book is about to finish, I'm like, ah, oh, God damn it. Like, ah, like, um, I like, I, I just hate so, to be drawn away from this world so much. So that experience itself is very interesting to me, but also because I feel like sometimes experiences in life are like that, where during the process, you're just like, oh, can I just get to the next level yet? Or can something just change to work for me? And then when it actually changes and works for you, I'm like, wow, that was an, an interesting journey. So it, it, it's it's a, it's very different from what I've heard in terms different from how I've heard people describe books before. Hmm. There's a lot. It's of, a very like, unique experience. Sorry, hmm. go ahead. No, I'm just saying that if, if, like the biggest complaint about her work is pacing, and most people are like, "Man, that's 300 pages too long," and I'm like, "I wish it would have been 3,000 more pages." So Ooh. I think I'm wow. Um, wow, you see why I have to read Robin Hobb? see why i have to read her like just look at that yeah. you know i'm all about unique experience reading experiences because you know to break it down not just like so i know like this is how she makes her readers feel so mm -hmm. regardless separate from how i how i myself experience the book as a writer i'll be trying to figure out why yeah you know so as, as a writer like i feel like i would enjoy the book now as a reader like that's that's left to be like sure. uh yeah and well, I was gonna say, look at Sword it. of Kaigen is also great from the yeah. Sword of yeah. Kaigen. Sword That's another one I heard. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a very good book. I like this uh, non-traditional woman. Uh, anyway, that's I wanted to make a book. comment about that too. I'm glad you yeah. said that because um, that there is definitely a resurgence of that, and I am living for it. Like mm -hmm. Legacy of the Brightwash, which I've been screaming about on my channel, has that as well. It's a fantastic character that fits that archetype. I'm living for it. Mm -hmm. Badass, yeah. non-traditional mother figures, all day, every day. Yep, I need to read that. That's definitely on my list. So many good things. Legacy of the Brightwash. Mm -hmm. yeah. So would you would you, a... would you describe would you describe it as uh, grimdark? Because I had Legacy? an argument. Uh, no, uh, sort of Kagan. Ah, no, <laughs> I wouldn't personally. Mm -hmm. Um, it has fantastic character work. So uh, I, I have it down here, actually. I'll, I'll take your job today, Steve. I'll just show everything. Um, yes. First you took page two and I have sort of hiding books. here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working my way in. Um, 
but uh, this Taylor this is Fox cover. Books. Yeah. <laughs> That's hey, it even has alliteration. It's yeah. nice to me. All there right. You go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a fantastic book. It's very Japanese uh, culture based. And I will say for me personally, there were a couple things about the actual like Japanese language and Japanese culture that weren't my favorite because I live here. So it, but it wouldn't bother anyone else that isn't attuned to those nuances. So my review does reflect that, but I don't think it'll bother most people. Um, so the character work though in this, as people say, that's what you'll see in most people's reviews is fantastic. Like the, the, there's a scene in the middle of this book that everyone talks about and they're like, yeah, I, I cried. And so did I. <laughs> so well, that's what I was going to uh, say is did that distract you enough to like dislike it like as a whole? Really? Yeah. So the first half of the book, it's I don't think it's a plot twist or a, not a plot twist. I don't think it's a spoiler to say this, that uh, the narrative structure is that the climax happens in the middle of this book. And then you deal with the aftermath of that climax for the second yeah. half of the book, which I think is not a bad plot device. But for me personally, because all the action was very front loaded, uh, that was distracting for me. Um, so the the minor you know things didn't bother me so much. But the latter half, when it's more in the recovery period and we focus more on like slow moments, that really it started to bother me then. And by the end, I was very annoyed. <laughs> so uh, I think the the story itself and all of the people, the things that people say about it about it being an amazing book are true. Mm -hmm. And I think it's definitely worth a read. Uh, it was just the latter half of the book didn't work for me. So, you know, you know, something that something that made makes makes it a must read for me is that I know mm -hmm. this dude, like uh, the dude that recommended to me, he, he is so masculine, macho, never show vulnerability. He read the book and he told me that he teared up. <laughs> so I don't know if it was the same. I don't know. Uh, he's also like a huge fan of Grimdark and everything. He said it was Grim Heart because it just like shattered his heart, heart to pieces. I don't know if it's the same. Um, I don't know if it was the same thing that made uh, like uh, you have an emotional response to it as well. But um, I imagine yeah, like, it is. It's most people talk about one scene, so. <laughs> hmm. yeah, you know, like I, I like any book that makes me feel. I don't really care how it makes me feel, but if it can, if I can read your book and feel, you know, then I, I'm 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 into it. Jan Janny Wirtz is another one. I get lots of feels when I read Janny Wirtz. Need to read I can't I can't go uh, without talking about Janny Wirtz and Malvin. <laughs> I'm this year, and I didn't get very far. I wasn't mm. with it, but I don't know if I just need to push through and go further or if something just wasn't working for me. I don't know what the exact situation was, but I wanted to read Light and Shadow this year and I haven't gone back to it. So so sell me on it. Sell us on it. <laughs> that's that's just one that um, it is. It's, you know, it's one of those dense ones that not everyone's going to. It's like I because I fully recognize that. Um, but. I just there's so many things that I just felt like where your the character work on it like she notices and points out things that you're like oh yeah you would like as a human be noticing and those things or whatever but not but not everyone will like put into a, but I don't know if that makes any sense I was just reading <laughs> the other day but you know and and really just um, I love that her characters are like 
I don't know. It's there's not really a good and bad so much. It's it, and I know we there's a lot of gray characters out there, obviously, sure. but in a in a different way. And I don't know how to describe it. Um, but the light, you know, the main two in the in the series, the Slicer and Arathon, yeah, are or, or um, whatever they are. Yeah, these these like brothers, and they're just. Um, um, and you kind of understand from both perspectives, like why they're kind of at each other. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> or at least you do. But I, I just have felt like, like you have the one that's like kind of painted as the bad guy. And then you like, look at his perspective and it's like, obviously not at all bad what he's doing. And um, so I, but I just, I like, but you still see the perspective. You can understand them both so well. And then the lengths that, especially one of the characters, but even actually both of the characters will go. I just don't see the links like characters like this, that like they will go to any length to like stop suffering, to stop heartbreak, to stop people from hurting who are especially innocent people. And it's like the understanding that they seem to have of like compassion kind of in that same kind of Malazan way. I just, I don't know, it jives with me so well that I just, I am like in awe when I read these and I feel like I understand compassion better um, in my life and empathy for other people and walking in other people's shoes because of of reading this and just so emotional. Plus there's like music magic, which is so mm-hmm. cool to me and I just jive with, I think. Um, but anyway, those are those are my big things. Yeah, you're, you're you know something that, that's good. Go, go right ahead, go right ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying he's doing a good job of selling me on it. So one of the problems, and it's only a problem for someone like me, is that there were no audiobooks for the first several. And uh, I like to do immersive reading. I do almost solely immersive reading. So uh, when there's no audiobook to augment my reading experience, it gets... Not fairly, but it gets kind of put to the back of the pile for me. Yeah, there's only one for like book 10. I don't know why. Like, that's it. And it's, I don't know, so the, the rights they, need to revert back or something. They aren't, like, they are audiobook for, for, for book nine to one to nine, but then there's one for book 10. Yeah, what? they, like, came out with it when it when the 10th one was released, and you're like, what's even the point, almost? Like, <laughs> somebody's going to just, like, jump in there? I, I don't even, anyway. <laughs> so I hope they go back so and read it. That's my hope, too. You know what? What the way you were describing that relationship between brothers, what it reminded me of, like from my experience, was a Dragon Knight, and it's like a quest type fantasy book, um, and it was a book I er- read very, very early when into my, like when I, at the, when I first started identifying myself as okay, I'm a fantasy reader. I love fantasy. Dragon Knight, the relationship between Raceland and his uh, older brother. And that relationship was so, uh, it always broke my heart because uh, they, they were on opposite, opposite sides of uh, ideologies and they, were, they, were, they, they loved each other to death, but then they were, they were always uh, clashing. And there was like this, uh, there was this print I wanted to get, I probably will still get it, but um, it's this scene of, there's a, it's like a print of this war happening all around them and the both of them are just sitting down like in the in the center of it and they're drinking like uh some just drinking like uh some something and laughing but that that print like just uh captured the essence of their relationship as brothers and when i was growing up reading fantasy that was a very very it left a very strong impression on me 
So yeah, I'm going to read that book. Yeah, Jenny Words wasn't on my radar at all, but then PL talked about her and raves about her, and now she's jumped up my list. Like I definitely want to get to her books. The one that PL often talks about is To Ride Hell's Chasm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know anything about her her body of works and where that fits in, but that's the title that I, I hear a lot. No, that's Joanna's <laughs> favorite book so far this year. So it's mm-hmm. a standalone that Janie did. So that's Joanna's favorite. Yeah, it's a it's a completely standalone. It's all on its own, and it's amazing. It's yeah, Johanna's was like yeah, putting that up there too. But yeah, PL, I've been loving watching him read through Janie Wirt's books. It's like yes. <laughs> He can read fast. I know. So fast. He always updates, this is my next read. I'm like, what happened in the last one? (laughs) (laughs) Impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, he writes great reviews too, so that makes it worse. (laughs) (laughs) How dare, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, it's just not fair. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love Cersei's channel so much, and uh, like uh, I love Cersei's channel so much. I like her takes on book reviews and everything. So like, uh, yeah, like what she just like, the last post she made, like uh, about uh, how she she reads between words. Like I can to- totally empathize with that. I can find myself reading like a sentence over and over again, because uh, yeah, I just like the way it was way it was phrased and just to pack so much meaning within like a like a, a short sentence is is i feel like it's very key to writing good prose well gypsy hearts and Krauss says jared and i listen to audiobooks together at night before bed and he has made me he's has me listening to a mercy thompson series right now okay it's starting very slow he keeps saying they pick up i haven't read it i'm familiar with what it is but i haven't read it yeah, I haven't read it either, but mm-hmm. yes, Dark Knights. Oh, Dark Knights, let's go. Well, these guys don't even know. These guys don't even know. We're going to crush these guys. We're going to crush them so hard. <laughs> like we're winning this thing. Like there's no there's no negotiation, no retreat, no, no surrender. We're crushing them. Ah, <laughs> Absolutely. I have to Kagan. I, Kagan, I, I yeah. Like mm-hmm. I have yet to meet someone who said they didn't at least tear up. At that point, so. books don't make me cry right. so i wouldn't tear up but i would internally cry so that's something <laughs> that counts no no when i was when i was younger i used to like i used to cry I, I used to like uh like uh i'm not gonna talk about the book or anything but like there was a book with a character death that like i remember i was depressed for like two weeks and my brother had to actually sit me down and have a conversation about how <laughs> these are not even real characters <laughs> but like but like but like I, I i you know i love books right that make me feel it doesn't have to always be dark and epic but like if 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 if, if i read a book that breaks my heart say because of like a betrayal or a death like just that moment like everything that built up to that moment like I, I could just reread it over and over again just to understand how that effect was created, you know. So it, it's 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 it's. Uh, I have to read Soda again. What what happened? How how, how why are so many people crying? <laughs> you know, an author is doing their job when that's your emotions, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And oh, and I will yeah. say too, Dark Tower. Holy cow, that is one of my favorite series. It is so good, so emotional, all over the place. Mm. Uh, I'm finishing up the kids, Dark 
the final book in this month, actually. So yes. July. Yeah. I, I yeah, have, we, gotta, uh, we I, need to talk about the ending. When yeah, we will. I'm excited to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a very like uh, I have a very like uh, interesting like I, anytime I see people talk about Stephen King and his writing, I'm always very interested because some people are like, "Oh my God, Stephen King is the shit," and other people are <laughs> like, "Nah, Stephen King is overrated." Steve, yeah. as the horror guy, what do you think of Stephen King and his writing? All the pressure. The spot. Oh, all the pressure. The, all the, the pressure. Um, <laughs> he's pretty hit and miss for me. There's some. Um, like I loved eleven twenty two sixty three. Fantastic. Mm. I love that book, but I also DNF the Dark Tower. So hmm. Yeah. that is interesting. That's very interesting yeah. for me. There's there's some I can't spoil I can't say because it'll spoil the series it'll spoil big parts of the series, but there are some choices that are made in book four or five that just didn't jive with me. I get why he was you know, I, I get what he was going for. I just didn't I, it like irritated me, so I didn't continue. But it I think he does, get a, he, he does get long-winded in, his, in a lot of his mm -hmm. books, and sometimes it's okay. But uh, it, it's kind of what we talked about earlier about a book. When you're reading it, you're like, man, this is a slog. And then you're done. It's like, that was great. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, but that's 112263. There are some parts where it's like, okay, let's get on with it. And at the end, you're like, that was really great. So it's, you know, it, at the end, you, you have a different feeling about it. My only experiences with Stephen King are It and um, Misery. Those are the two that I've read. It was way too long. I'm just going to put that out there. It did not need to be that long. But I like what he did in it. I like the themes and I liked, you know, what his goal was with that book. I really did enjoy Misery a lot. Um, but, but I haven't picked up The Dark Tower or anything. And yes, Sarah... I've heard so much about that book. I I know that I'm going to pronounce it wrong because it's not Kaiki. It, it's not pronounced that way. But <laughs> um, it's a new fantasy release. And it's based in, I think, oh, where where is it based? Is it Egyptian? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Someone's going to correct me on that. Someone's so going to correct me on that. Uh, Indian, I maybe. I think it's Indian. Indian. Indian culture. And uh, it's based on mythology or a historical figure kind of combines the two and it sounds like it's amazing i've heard so many good reviews on that so i love i don't feel a book is worth reading sometimes if they aren't if they aren't like worthy clash of ideologies that are balanced that are represented balanced i love i love like reading from one point of view that say there's this ideology and I'm like, okay, that's right. Like that, that, that is okay. And then having an, another ideology that clashes with it, but is also intellectually sound as well. So like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not, it's not, uh, it's gray enough that like, it's not a matter of like black or white or right or wrong, but it's more of an idea of like, what would you subscribe to based on the circumstances that that these um, characters in the book are experiencing. You are gonna love Gunmetal Gods. Mm -hmm. You're gonna absolutely yeah. love that book. I was just thinking yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're gonna adore it. You wow. just you, you see, just this... define Gunmetal Gods. I I just wow. Okay, let's let's cool man. Let's cool. Let's cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, Scott and oh, uh, have have you uh, Scott and uh, Bryce have you read Gunmetal Gods? I haven't yet. No. Huh? No, it's definitely on my list. I think I even own it, of course, like so many. 
<laughs> I bought it. Was like, might as well. If anything, I I I try to support indie authors. You know, it's like especially the indies. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you know, especially because it hopefully just moves them up on some you know Amazon sales chart or whatever. I also yeah. like just as a reviewer, I prefer to kind of keep control over my TBR. And I feel like you can easily get into this, like accepting too many. I know it seems like looking at a gift horse in the mouth, but you kind of suddenly your TBR suddenly come, becomes controlled by everybody else. If you, if you really go all in, at least for me. And, and so that's where I like, I like to be like, look, I bought your book. I'm more than happy to support you. And I, uh, I have it, but now it's, you know, under my control. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't even do that, man. Like, I, 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 I like if I, I'm such a mood reader, I'm such a mood reader, and um, if if tell me, like, I, I generally ask them, tell me about what is your book about. If it's not, if I don't find it interesting, uh, like, okay, sure, maybe in the future, but like, no, like, because I, 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 um, I've reached a point where. Uh, I value my time so much. Like mm -hmm. I value my time so much. I cannot, and I have a problem also DNFing books. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even like put an investment if like it, it's not something that I might find interesting. Like tell me some, what, it, what, what are you like? What makes you most excited about your book? You know, and if it's something I like, that was something I could be interested in, and yeah then yeah then possibly but at this time I'm, i have to because bootcamp for me at this point is, is 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 something it has to i have to enjoy it you know and and i feel like in the past i had a pro i had difficulties balancing balancing that should i do what's popular should i do what's like i want to support indie authors so should i just do indie like it's like what what to do but uh, right now i've reached a point where it's just like I have to enjoy the process and to enjoy the process, I have to feel responsible for the decisions I make along the way. That's well said. What yeah. do you think, uh, what are your thoughts, Taylor, on uh, paid book reviews? Well, it's an interesting question. Uh, specifically, it's saying here, indie authors, and mm -hmm. I have never been approached for a paid review from an indie author. Um, I can see why that would exist, you know, because you want to get your name out there. But personally, if there's money involved, it's going to sway the opinion. I really don't think there's a way around it, be it traditionally published or, or indie books. Um, you know, with sponsorships, I like when they are, mm, they can be book based, but I'm not a big fan of people trying, like, I don't want to bash this because it's not necessarily wrong, but like book outlet, almost everyone is sponsored by book outlet, which I don't mind as like recommending a service at all. Uh, but what I think part of the sponsorship is probably that you have to talk about the books, like two or three books, because there's always like a book outlet section in those videos where they like try to sell you the books. And that always feels disingenuous to me, even if they're interested in the book, because it's part of a sponsorship. So I think this might just be a hang up for me because the, the person could be very genuine in saying I'm genuinely interested in this book. It just so happens to be from book outlet. And that's definitely a possibility. But for me personally, it does color the way that I would look at a review. So uh, I've never done a paid review. Um, never say never, of course. But 
personally, uh, it, it would color it for me. Uh, I always hear that. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, I always hear it come up, but yeah, I've never been approached or, you know, really, I guess I haven't even seen a review if somebody's like, I feel like I would hope a reviewer would tell me that this is a paid review. <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like there's too many, there's so many, like, I don't know, I just, I haven't even personally at least seen someone admit to doing a paid review or something. I don't know. It just seems like, yeah, I don't know. It just seems... I guess the exposure is the hardest thing for an indie author, especially, and, and just trying to get out there. I do feel like there are other ways, like was mentioned in the, in the chat. I think Chris uh, um, was mentioning some good things. I mean, look at page chewing, look at like all the work that Steve does, right. And Taylor and Epic, right. Like you guys are like killing it. And I think such a good resource for uh, this community and you keep doing this day in, day out, you know, and it's like, this is for the love of it. You guys are genuine and I love you guys for that. You know, I love what you're doing. I just think it's so good for this community uh, and we need more of this. Right. And so this is the kind of stuff that I just, it's just the most genuine. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. I could keep going, but you know, I just, you guys have just been so awesome in this community and so welcoming me. I mean, to hell, like I'm totally, you know, just feel like I became fast friends with you guys so easily and because you guys just love what you're doing and it's clear. Oh, you just warmed my heart. (laughs) (laughs) That was was wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) You guys work hard. You deserve like a lot of praise, you know, like you deserve the kudos. (laughs) I appreciate that. You too. Back at you. As usual though, I have to go before we're finished so i have work later but um this was wonderful as always <laughs> nice to meet you Taylor. Uh, it was really yeah it was really good to meet you and and talk to you in person about this party. <laughs> yeah exactly right but, <laughs> <I know>. yeah <laughs> um and epic and steve i'll, I'll talk to you guys whatever whatever wow Welcome back, but (laughs) um, have a great rest of the chat, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Okay, Tony. I'm glad to have you. Such a good time. Yeah. So, uh, Scott, what are your thoughts on paid reviews? Have you been approached? I don't know that I have thoughts. I haven't been approached. Um, I guess it depends on who's doing the paying. Like, if if it's the author offering money for their review, I think that's one thing. If it's you know, you're part of some service that pays to review various things. To me, those are two different things. But uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I agree with Taylor. I don't, uh, I don't know that I would trust a review that money was attached to, for lack of a better word. But I'm also not the guy that cares a lot about reviews, which is weird to say as a booktuber. Like, I care about uh, what people say about what they thought about a book like i like these aspects of it i didn't like these aspects of it i don't i don't really care what the rating is or what they overall whether it was one of their favorites or not none of that matters to me it's about what aspects of it they call out specifically so maybe that wouldn't change with a paid review i don't know yeah i'm i'm, a, I'm with press on this even with arcs i don't accept arcs unless i know the author like I, i've accepted arcs from just a few because i don't want to f- 
I don't want to have have to have an arc or a, a review out in time or not have it out in time. And then sure. if I'm accepting an arc for someone, I don't want to not, you know, deliver. And also if it's because I'm not sure I'm going to like the book, sure. I, I don't want to have a, I, I don't want to do a negative review on a, yeah. a new book. So I'm, I'm trying to be very careful with that. But like Holly Tinsley and Zamil Akhtar, I knew I would, I've, I've, I've liked their previous work. So I accepted their arcs, but I, sure. I try to be really, really careful on that. I'll even give like a, Hey, look, I'll accept it. I can even feature it in a book haul video or something. Um, but I, I just cannot guarantee a review. I can't guarantee anything will happen other than I can pretty much guarantee a book call, like, you know, yeah. feature, but that's, that's all I got for arcs. But I, I do try to like, cause I'm like, I'm here for you. I get the struggle. Like, let's get you out there if we can. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I just make zero promises anymore i just i've done it too many times and yeah i suck at it <laughs> i mean even a book call yeah. can somebody out just featuring their book and showing the cover and that kind of stuff gets the name out there so that's good oh and they're way more popular than the review it's weird because like some reviews will hit but others will like barely get any views and you're like i don't even know how to predict this i don't know <laughs> yeah it's hard to tell and something that leslie from the nerdy narrative has told me a few times because she said they're evergreen they'll be uh, relevant for longer because they have longer That's legs true. in their reviews. Whereas um, like a wrap up or a TBR video will, is, has a shelf life, it's true. but a review true. is, you know, it will live on. So there's one. Boyd over at says that a lot too. He focuses so much on reviews because those are always going to be relevant. Yeah. It's a good point. And I have had some where I suddenly look back and I go, Whoa, how did that, like that took off and I wasn't even noticing it. And then, mm -hmm. so it, yeah, it is true. It is kind of discouraging to see a, a wrap up do a whole lot better than the review did, and you spend so much time on it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing you have to yeah remember that. Yeah. This is these are true words here. Yes. True words. And, uh, true words for real. How will we win the the? How will we win the idiot <laughs> It's 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 going to be a complete washout. Like the other teams have no chance. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be disastrous. It's going to be embarrassing. Even you know we got this. How can how can we help? What what, what can we do? We have to sign you up. You can and read. join. Yeah. You can <laughs> sign up and read. Yeah. <laughs> Pages and Anytime pages. Anytime reading becomes competitive, I lose some joy for it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not be careful. Do anything differently, but for me, I just get stressed out and I don't get a chance to enjoy what I'm doing. So, you guys have at it. That's that sounds fun, <laughs> but that's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm enjoying the smack talk, but yeah, it does get it does become like work where it's you know it's not yeah. as fun when it's, it's competitive. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel the same. But I was, and yeah. we always, we always circle back to Melazon somehow. But uh, Bryce and, <laughs> and Scott, I was wondering, when did that series like start to make sense for you? Start to say, oh, I, I get where this is going. What, what book was that? <laughs> I can't say it ever made sense for me. So I don't. Okay. I uh, so <laughs> this time I read it last year, so I read it a book a month, um, and I'd been wanting to do it for a long time. I had read gardens at least two or three times previously i had read up through midnight tides at least twice previously so just i kept hitting a hurdle and i couldn't go any further and i finally said last year no more excuses i don't care if it makes sense or not just go and that's what i did basically but in terms of when it made sense i don't when people say well 
what what should make sense, I might just go with it. And just you know, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but um, like in terms of buy-in, I'm bought in from that first scene on like the Siege of Pale. I love Gardens of the Moon, so mm-hmm. um, which I know is not popular even among Malice and hardcores. But, um, yeah, that's. I'm the same way with Gardens. I loved it, and I, that's where I'm like, I may have a hard opinion because i know a lot of people struggle with that and then they love like books two and three mm-hmm. dead house gates and memories of memories of ice, ice so but it, yeah it, they're so good and it's like so i get that but i at the same time i'm like maybe i'm not i don't know if i because i liked it immediately but you're mm-hmm. right when did it make sense i think i mean books i have a couple answers i guess usually by the end of the book it starts like the actual book itself finally makes sense when you have the conversions um but Book six, maybe Bone Hunters, where you kind of start the full amount of everything. Um, kind of, it starts to finally like put the pieces cool, together. Nice. Yeah. I noticed I have like a lot of hand movements. I'm like, what <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, so that's where I I I would say at least book six because it's funny because even up to book five, you're like, oh a whole new place a whole new continent and one character that was briefly touched upon in the previous book and this is what we're doing again um so i get the like frustration with that but then midnight tides is like one of my favorites it is easily in my top well i'm always like whatever book i'm reading currently is usually my favorite miles on uh, anyway but yeah, that one's one of the best let, let me ask a question are, are, are they books, right? Are they like uh, um, books in the Malazan series that don't matter to the main plot? Like, because I, I heard some people say, well, like this whole entire book doesn't actually matter to like the main story. And I'm just like, what, like, what are you talking about? I think no. this is the problem people have with Malazan and, and Bryce can correct me if he thinks I'm wrong, but <laughs> it's really not... It, it, it's like if you were going to tell someone about the Roman Empire in the fall of it, it's a bunch of events that lead up to it. So it's a series of short stories. So to say something does or doesn't relate to that, you know, I, I don't know, because each of the books is kind of its own internal narrative and yeah. it follows different characters and sometimes different places. And it's all working towards this fall of an empire. So um, it's really more of a historical look through short stories is how I've always viewed. Oh. So and something that's relevant, I don't, I don't know what that means. I and, guess. and you still follow like characters from like I don't know if I'm going the right side, from like one place <laughs> to the other, right? Like, you you still follow the characters through it. And Steve's laughing at me because I I'm like, hey, you want to go the right? Do you want to go the right side? I don't know what I'm doing these. Um, so, uh, but you still are following like a character. So they're still going to have arcs, right? Like from book one to book right. 10 in the main series, for instance. So you're going to still want to like read them in that order. Um, you know, there really isn't, you can't, I mean, even like I said, book five, you could technically read first because right. it wouldn't even like it is its own thing right it's its own different continent if you want to read it first but you still need to know about the continent of like leather or the leathery people you know you need to know about because they affect things later on you know in you know when it comes together more so i don't i don't think that but i i I like how you put that scott that is just it is a lot of 
you know, it is kind of like, here's this thing, here's this thing, here's this thing, here's this thing. It's not your typical, like, we're going to go from the beginning to the end and get to, you know, you know, hit all the things you need to know. It's like, boom, here's this, here's this, here's that, here's that, here's that, Um, you know, and then suddenly you're like, oh, dang, no way that happened. This is okay. Got it. Okay. And I think that's one of the most rewarding experiences is figuring something out on your own and going, oh my gosh, like this is what's happening now. It's so much fun for me. It's a, yeah, we we're actually taking a little break from our, our uh, group read because we thought it might be a good time before House of Change to take a little break. So we're taking some time off. So Bailey oh, uh, just wrote memories of ice. So you might to, catch up. To grieve, if anything, right? <laughs> how, how, how long of a break are you taking? Maybe I can catch up. Uh, I think we're going to do the first half of House of Chains uh, in uh, we're in July now. So August. In August. Okay. Yeah. Chains introduces one of my favorite characters and there are parts of that book that just get on with it steve i I feel that sometimes (laughs) in house of chains so okay (laughs) so it'll be interesting to see how your mileage goes with it but i think even you bryce you said this was one of your lower tiered yeah yep which is pretty common from what i've seen Mm -hmm. so wow yep well i'm not trying to like i hope you love it i'm not trying to make the experience bad for you but it's just it's structured strangely uh, in my opinion the first quarter follows this character that's awesome and you want everything to do with it and then you just get whisked away to something completely different and it's just a little bit jarring uh, to me it was anyway oh yeah no that's true and especially because you're i mean even in the first because again it's a new character and you're in book four going brand new place brand new character and it is like that jarring you know part of it that absolutely and, and it, so i know and, and even you know some of the language that he's using you're like so what's he doing <laughs> right it's <laughs> like anyway but it is yeah and but because that's never really been done before he uses like yeah that like a quarter of the book is dedicated to one character and mm-hmm. you know you know they he's always switching povs in the middle of a chapter constantly mm-hmm. and you're like what is this going on but i think it's, it is part of this like it's all everyone's tale is different in the Malazan book of the and that character makes me want to fist bump and be excited and I hate that character. So he has both aspects to his personality. There's things he oh, does yeah. absolutely horrifying that you don't want to be associated with at all, probably, if you're a human being. And then there's <laughs> other ones you're like, I really want that dude on my side because he really kicks butt. So it'll be interesting to see how you guys take to it. I mean, he changes POVs like several times in a paragraph sometimes. Yeah. Right. It's Which I think is part of the problem many fantasy readers have. They're like, well, who's the main character? Who do I follow? And that doesn't exist. That's not what the series is. So I once, you know, there's something, and I don't know if I'm explaining this well at all, but it is there's something that, you know, you hear about an epic fantasy book or something, right? And you like, you kind of get in your head, this kind of epic, like, oh my gosh, this is about it. But even when you get into it, you still get down to these kind of individual characters and it becomes a lot less epic as you get down into like, just, it, you know, it is this story, right? It is this one person story or these five people story, whatever it is. I just really feel like Malazan is, does the best at being that epic still, right? Even after you've read it, 
you it's still this completely hugely epic and it keeps that scale and i don't you know and does that make sense is that (laughs) some of my favorite characters are the gods and i shouldn't really be sympathetic to them or understanding their level at all but like cotillion and shadow throne and those guys i just i could read about those dudes all the time and that that shouldn't work in in fantasy in my opinion and it does and eric had a comment erickson did that because he got tired of people saying he can't write characters (laughs) i think he's a very good character writer but that's depending on who you ask they either think he stinks at it or they think he's awesome well and i I think it's because he doesn't like beat you over the head with like a bad about him right Mm -hmm. like he's not gonna like (laughs) (laughs) right Yeah. yeah but but then like let's say one of them dies. Are you crying about it? Yes. (laughs) So you're like, so I did feel something I did. He made me care about this character. So that's where I go. Like my emotions when I, you know, when things happen to him, like clearly there's something right. Like it's maybe not your typical way of writing a Mm -hmm. character, but he gets it there. Right. He gets you there. Interesting. So uh, I, I meant to ask this at the beginning and I forgot, but what is everyone reading this week? Well, you guys go ahead. So uh, right now, oh, okay, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. So right now I'm reading this book. It's called Anarchy and uh, it hasn't been released yet, but um, it's a book by like, uh, I, I don't know if he wants to go indie, I do feel that the book by itself is is good enough to be traditionally published. It needs some editing. And when I say good enough to be traditionally published, I mean that like he he follows the the conventional rules of of writing. Like he, he I can see a, I can see a traditional publisher picking that up because um, while the book is unconventional as a whole, um, the individual elements are things that I can see a traditional uh, publisher picking up and everything. Um, so, but I'm also doing kind of like, uh, kind of like, uh, I don't want to say editorial role, but just like a structural plot slash, um, storytelling kind of develop, developmental, like checklist kind of thing. So, um, I'm finding it very interesting. It's, 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 I feel like it's one to watch out for in the future when he decides to publish it, but anarchy, like look out for that. I said it here first. What was the name of that again? I was looking it up. Anarchy. And it's not out yet. I'm reading it on. Uh, he sent it okay, to me. Got it, got it. Okay, that's DM, DM'd it. DM'd it to me, but, but yeah. Awesome. So I am doing my reread of Fire and Blood. Um, sorry, you don't like it, Bryce, but I, I love that book. Uh, I like anything Song of Ice and Fire, so anything I can get, I'm totally about. So I reread. I guess the first couple chapters today. So getting back into Aegon's conquest has been cool. And then I will be jumping back into um, the series that I'm completely enamored with right now, the Matthew Corbett historical uh, series. So I did a review on the first book in that series. And the first two books were kind of my co-books of the month in June. Um, it's sort of a 17th, 18th century uh, mystery series set in kind of colonial uh, pre-United States, so I'm that's James, right? Super cool. Uh, Robert McCammon, yeah, who is quickly rising in the power rankings. Like everything that is written that I've read has been amazing. So I have speak to the Nightbird. 
and I, yeah, I, kept, I keep hearing all these great things about it. Yeah. That's the one I did the review on. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm learning. Price. We have a lot in common. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, uh, let's see, right now, I'm just looking it up. Um, I, whoops, uh, I am, I kind of do a couple, but on audio, I am finishing up literally probably after, right after this, the, uh, what is it? House of Assassins or House okay. of Blades. That's this, the Thursday Gate by White. Um, mm -hmm. Just been a blast. Exactly. Epic knows. It's so much fun. It's this like crazy. So anyway. Uh, yeah, just a blast to read. I also on I always have like an audio, a, a physical, and then a Kindle. And so on Kindle, I've been reading Firefight by Brandon Sanderson. Just oh, yeah. fun. My my son picked it up too, and so mm -hmm. lots of fun. Then I happened to pick this up the other day, so I might have to dive into Ooh. some Killing Joke. Ooh, nice. I've read that. I've read have that. you read it? Yes, so. yes. The Joker. The Joker is always such a. He's always such a such a such an interesting character. I love the different like yeah. if you read like because uh, di different writers have uh, like their takes on him. There's an essence of him that remains constant that I I love experiencing like throughout history like as different writers take on him. So the Joker is right. one of my favorite characters. Like he's such mm -hmm. look at him right there behind me. It's a reason is uh yeah I have him behind me right there. Yeah. I was well, and I was actually looking for the Long Halloween, and then I found this one, and I was like, "Well, I haven't read that." And it's Alan Moore. The Watchman is oh. insane. Um, so good. So done. <laughs> Great book. Um, I am reading Priest of Lies. Oh, nice. And then Ooh. I'll be getting into, or I'm also picking away at Tales from the Parkland, and um, then I'll be starting the Expanse. So we're doing a, cool. A I love those covers. I love those covers. Yeah, they're really good. Oh, the best. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so before we wrap up, we have one more question. Uh, iWizard asks, who are your favorite audiobook and narrators? I don't know enough, but I do love when the author narrates their own book. So that's my favorite. But what do you, what do you all say? Well, I've got a video about my top 10, so you can always check that out. But Steve Pacey is my favorite of all time. He does first law. Um, I could listen to Pacey do absolutely anything. Uh, James Marsters from the Dresden Files number two. And Tim Jura Reynolds is number three. He does Red Rising and many other things. Right area, he does Bradley Durfee's series, Five Warrior Angels. Um, and then my fourth favorite is Simon Vance, who does Fire and Blood, among many other things. And then obviously, watch the video if you want to see the rest. <laughs> so, um, uh, um, uh, Steve, Stephen Pacey, right? That's his name, the first law mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. Stephen Pacey. So when my serotonin is high, when I'm in like in a good energy, everything is right. I like I I, I have a, like a synesthesia, and no one has made me experience like uh, reading like Stephen like literary yeah. work like Stephen Pacey in terms of my synesthesia and everything. So uh, Stephen Pacey for sure. I love Simon Vance. If if you need, if you're looking for like an audiobook to enjoy, um, um what is it called? What is it called? Uh, Aching God. Aching God, my, like he really does a great job of um, making uh, Mike Shell's because Mike Shell's um, Mike Shell's prose come to life, and he he does like I I really love so I I would those two those two um, audiobook uh, narrators and 
Will White does a good job because Will White narrated, uh, he narrates his audiobooks as well, which I think is a oh. very interesting thing. And he, he, he brings it to life. And um, you can see how he wants, how he wants, how he wants his every sentence to be represented, how he wants it to be, you know, with with his intonation, how he 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 goes to a high tone or a low tone, and how he he he, he fluctuates with his tones. You can see how he wants this the reader to experience it, which I feel like has played plays a very very important role when you're trying to enjoy his books. Now, if mm -hmm. you want to just get mind blown. Um, like read the book do you do immersive reading so read it while you're listening to it will white and it, it's it's such a unique experience so um yeah those are the ones i'll go for yeah yes right i think i have to say i, I agree with you guys' picks so far um as far as narrators or um authors narrating neil gaiman is like Ever, yeah butter Ever. i mean the sandman <laughs> Um, just, it's so great. Uh, Neil Gaiman is like the best. Luke Daniels is another one. Cannot get enough. If Luke, Luke Daniels could literally read the dictionary and it'd be like, I'd be like, this is heaven. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's, this is one, um, I felt like this was one I struggled with and then ended up, uh, liking a lot. Um, uh, once I got really into it, and then I was like, "He's my favorite ever." Kevin Pariso. Okay. Um, what book did I read by that he narrated? He's, I've read a book. He yeah, he's good. Some of Dan Simmons' work, the oh. like Hyperion and uh, Ilium, mm -hmm. uh, which are Ilium's like my favorite sci-fi book of all time. Okay. And then, um, and then Samuel Raukin. Did you say that one? Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed, Samuel yeah. Raukin. Oh, oh good. man. He, I, there's a couple different series I've now read, and I literally picked up stuff just because I'm like Samuel Rockins involved. I'm doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, I listen to way too many audiobooks, so I have like my preference. Kate Redding and Michael Kramer are classic. I could, I mean, The Wheel of Time is so well done by them, and then Stormlight too. And Randy actually mentioned in there Andy Circus, who does mm -hmm. the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, is Ooh, yeah, and not just go. I need to do that one as well, but all of it was it given. Tremendous. Yeah, so good, so so good. Check it out. I yeah. actually need to bail, guys. This has been a yeah. lot of fun, but I've got a hard stop. I got to get to. But uh, thank you so much for having me, uh, Bryce. Good to hang out with you, Epic and Steve. Obviously, thanks again. But this yeah. has been a lot of fun. And, yeah. Enjoy your evening. An awesome night. So much fun. We should do this again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool, guys. Well, um, I guess uh, it's time always flies when we do these. So uh, it's just, I look up and it's over two hours. But so before we go, <laughs> uh, Bryce, we, I finally was able to corral you. I was finally able to catch you. So Man, thanks for I, making time. No, thank you. Thanks for your patience with me. I cannot thank you enough. I've been dying to get on here. And I like even I'll show up on the chat and stuff. And I just love these so much, like I said. And thank you for allowing me on, uh, despite my being so annoying schedule wise. No, of course not. It's it's kind of like an open door kind of thing. So yeah. uh, whatever you want to come by, just let, let me know. And if there's room, then, uh, you know, of yeah. course, you're always welcome. Will do. That's awesome. I had so much fun. Yeah. Every single time that Steve hits me up, I reorganize my Friday to make it work because <laughs> it's such a it's such a good uh, it's such a good experience. Like just talking with other people that appreciate like uh, writing, 
and um, yeah, like I love being here so much. The, there's a really good tight audience, and um, yeah, like I learned so much just just here. So um, and I get to talk to people that I watch like uh, on BookTube, like uh, Bryce. So for me, it's 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 always always a wholesome feeling. Also, always a wholesome experience. Well, I appreciate both of you spending your Friday evenings chatting and having a good time. So yeah, it's nice this, with all the stuff in the world just to come and just chat about fun stuff. So it's well, nice, this is nice what we break. do it for, right? It's for like to connect about the stuff we love. You know, I love yeah. that you do this and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me know when you want to come back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And also, of course, thanks to everyone in the chat who came by to uh, to hang out with us. Really appreciate the great conversation, the questions, and it really uh, makes things a lot more interesting. So Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we'll see you uh, next week. See you.